okay, everybody's got a fucking podcast. I mean, we have a podcast, so obviously anyone can do it. Wait, this is a podcast? Are you recording right now? Technical difficulties. No, you don't say anything. I'm going to edit it out. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. I put mayonnaise on a pickle. It was not uh, the best, but it might have been the worst. Do I feel, I mean, my feet stink, right? Yeah. Godfather. Part, part two. two. Not the Godfather part two, but the Godfather the second one. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, a hard thing to, you know, it's a whole thing. Oh, nice. What? You signed in on. Yeah. yeah. That way yeah. I can see your notes and my notes. It's a, cool. it's a coordinated effort. I just saw effort. the content crisis cursor, you know. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that was fun. Uh, now for stuff people watching or listening care about. <laughs> um, so the Godfather part two, we're trying out like a little bit of a structure here today because, uh, we have been told that maybe we run on and, you know, sound like idiots sometimes. That's the goal to not sound like that. So yeah. now granted sounding like an idiot may still take place, but I think the overall structure, you know, if we can uh, sound like an idiot in a purposeful and meaningful way, I think that comes across better within the structure, within the structure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, the first thing now we did talk about the praising it being first. I have a praise it, tear it apart. Bless you. Excuse me. Thank you very much. Um, and then sort of a plot through bullet points type deal. Uh, I did put the tear it apart first because I don't have a ton of bad things to say about this movie because yep. I think it's really good. I so, fully agree with that approach on this. Okay. I think for some movies, uh, just to do it justice to make sure we do capture the good parts of it, we'll probably have it flipped where we uh, we open with that uh, that praise and then proceed to tear it down for the whole podcast. But this is yeah. an incredible movie. So. Yeah. So if it opens up and we say a bunch of bad stuff, it probably means we liked the movie. <laughs> and then if we say a bunch of good stuff right up top, it probably means the next hour <laughs> is going to be not so fun for this movie. So um, the first, so if we go tear it apart first, I have the hit on Michael. Uh, just one small thing because it is like there's no continuity we don't have a lot of continuity issues or anything like that it's just mm -hmm. certain little things that i'm looking at right so the hit on michael you know he's standing there in front of the window for a significant amount of time i felt like yeah and then Kay's like oh michael why are the drapes open and there's and then a long pause. he has a very long pause looking out the window and then and it's almost as if the guy like came up and was like now a little bit <laughs> you know because he has ample time to, and now granted he's got decent reflexes he's he's young still yeah he you got know? down quick as shit and crawled over but but uh yeah any assassin you know worth his weight right should uh probably have got michael oh yeah it, it should have been pretty easy i mean the, the only justification you can really make around that is that like they hadn't gotten a position yet like they were rolling up on him at that moment and that's what you know michael saw and initially reacted to like, that's the only other way around it. If that was I any idiot with a gun, they, they could have taken Michael out easy. Yeah. Also, I don't know that you need the drapes open per se. Because, I mean, obviously you want to see. But if you have a general idea of the layout of that room, mm -hmm. 
then I mean I feel like you could just just open kind of like come up to the window and you're like okay I don't I don't know yeah maybe listen in put your ear to the window make sure you hear talking and then give them the blam a jam there's part of me that watches movies that I look at things and I just go like I'm would be a great murderer <laughs> we feel weird saying that on a recorded line but you know you watch some of these movies and you're like shit I could do that I could do that better right uh the other thing is uh i said these dead people breathe a lot Paolo in the beginning of the movie Vito's brother yeah he's dying he's sitting there just breathing and you just see it like i don't know if it's i don't know what happens there <laughs> when you have dead people breathing if it's like you know did you not do enough takes that you don't have a take with them not breathing yeah. you know and cuz then the hooker that you know was killed with the senator yeah, you know Covered she was also sitting stuff, there breathing. But yeah. yeah, but like the sheets moving up and yeah. down, she's sitting there breathing. So, uh, that's all for that. It doesn't seem like it's a very difficult thing to do. To I just... feel like we could nail a dead person scene with, which again sounds weird too. Yeah, just like the murder <laughs> thing. But I, do, I feel like if I was shooting a movie, I could do enough takes. You know, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Definitely a, a gripe and a, a, a very simple thing, you know, that you, you should be able to just retake for and get down, but yeah, whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, by the, before I fly through online, did you have any of the tear apart stuff? Or no, I'm sorry. You said you did not do your... I, I didn't organize notes my in notes format. in this structure, so my, my small bits of tearing apart will occur during the okay. main notes section. Cool. I didn't have um, a ton, though, so... Gotcha. Yeah, again, it's... Great. incredible movie uh very i think the like goofiest looking scene in this movie would and like all of it looks really good so excuse me uh when the when the pentangeli hit goes bad right and then there's kind of the gang fight outside mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure no one dies in that scene like i didn't see anybody laying on the ground and then Willie Chi-Chi's right there in front of the car, and he's shooting at the car. He looks like he's holding, like, his stomach or something. Like, he got shot already. He has that kind of exasperated, like, we're still doing this. Yeah, like the posture his face. and everything, yeah. And then you have you go from that to a different shot of him getting run over. Mm-hmm. But it is so very obviously <laughs> a stuntman. Like, the hair's different, everything. The only thing that's the same are the clothes. Yeah. Um, and that just seems so. lazy. You think a little bit. It's like, just frame it different to where we can't tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just wear, get a dude with the same exact clothes and general look and just make it happen. Yeah. Don't. It was so very obviously a different guy. Yeah. Like, just the, no question. That that always feels lazy. Yeah. Um, Again, like, probably the only goofy-looking scene in the movie, though. Mm-hmm. So, Excuse me. Uh, how long does it take to smother some stroking out old weak guy? That's all I'm saying on the Hyman Roth hit, Gone Bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, he, he was, was in there for a considerable amount of time. Well... And and honestly, the way it felt like we were prepared this whole time was that like it didn't matter. He was going to die, you know. Like he he you know seemingly fine, and then very quickly it's a oh I got a doctor coming in to see me. Oh I've been ad- you know admitted into one of the hospitals or whatever. You know it's like it seemed like it had been progressing pretty quick. So mm-hmm. it's like I felt like he should have just died naturally anyways. Yeah. Uh, and and we wouldn't and have had to worry fine. about it. Yeah. Well, and then and that's <clears throat> so I wonder because you know a comment Michael makes when they're planning on killing him for the second time mm. is, you know, he's been dying of the same heart attack for 50 years. So I'm wondering if maybe the stroke was somewhat of a stunt as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hyman Roth was a little more 
tactical. <laughs> a little more conscious in that moment than yeah. we think, right? So maybe it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tom, Tom goes and has a cigar with Frank Ventangeli at the military barracks. The military, you know, it's heavily supervised. Yeah. There's gated areas, gated walkways. Okay. And then they're out there having a cigar. And then they finish up their conversation. And just somehow, for some reason, I don't feel like Tom could take the cigar out of his mouth and just throw it on the ground like that and have just all the military people be like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Unless all of them do the same thing and they didn't show a ground shot of just cigars strewn everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah, all. It seemed like an odd thing to address and also just like a, yeah, like, don't, don't you want to be a little, like, discreet? <laughs> don't you want to not want people showing to be like, hey, stop throwing littering. I'm going to $500 fee you. There was so much cigar left, though. Like, he threw out, like, yeah, most those, of the cig- They just lit it. It's so big. Those are the fuck around cigars, though. Those are the good so ones. There was so much cigar left. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just everything about that moment was <laughs> goofy to me. Um... Also, not to mention that potentially, you know, I feel like part of the deal with witness protection most of the time is the fact that the witness has agreed to some sort of like guidelines of like, you're going to testify, you're going to say say this, this and this, you know, you're going to help us out. Yeah. And some time has passed since this case. I mean, mama's died. You know, Connie's come home. We go through that. He reunites with Fredo, like all this shit. So... I feel like he wouldn't still be in this place with these same guys, you know, because, and you know, he's in the same place because those same guys are like, come on, Frankie, why don't you come out here and play hearts? Yeah. And that's when he had killed himself. Uh, I don't know. But maybe, maybe that just rolls into, I guess the implication there. You know that if they let him go that like, he's going to be killed probably, you know? So it's like a, but isn't that part of the deal with witness protection is the fact that we're like, we don't give a, like we're protect, we're doing you a service because you're doing us a service. We don't care if you fucking get killed. But I think with the publicity of the event so far, it it just wouldn't really look good from their perspective to then release, you know, a supposed witness, and then that person ends up dead. The implication is is that they were right all along, and then the the mafia wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I feel like the impression of that just on like the government on the judicial system doesn't look good. So I understand still wanting to kind of keep him under wraps and keep him alive at least, um, just because otherwise you lose, I think, in a much more complete way than just him being like, ah, I made some of that stuff up. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand that perspective a little bit. All right. So then um, praise it. I feel like I was just going to skip because I feel like most of my notes are. We're going to praise it start to finish it, so. of this whole damn thing. So, uh, yeah. All right. So short. In short, just like plot through bullet points real quick here. Basically, the veto plot is because we have just two stories weaved together here. Um, the veto plot is the entire family. Di- his entire family dies. He goes to America at nine years old. He's married. He has one child so far. Finucci's a dick. Loses his job because of Finucci. Brings home a pair. Uh, meets Clemenza. Hides guns. Steals rug. Starts thieving. Continues having kids. Uh, Finucci wants a taste of the uh <laughs> the stuff not the the kids just to be clear <laughs> right oh, he wants a taste of the the money that they're the getting action, from the, the money yes uh they whack him well Vito whacks him uh he's well respected in the neighborhood feared starts off all business with jenko goes back to italy for business and revenge 
Michael's story, first communion party for Anthony, tells Senator to fuck off. There's a failed uh, hit on him. Meets with Hyman Roth and Pentangeli. Um, botched hit on Pentangeli. Senator compromised via dead hooker that Al Neri killed. Uh, Michael goes to Cuba. They make the deal. Fredo exposes himself. Failed hit on Roth. Revolution ends things in Cuba. Legal battles. They win via Pentangeli's brother. Kay and Michael fight. Pentangeli suicide. Roth and Fredo whacked. Michael reminisces the end. And that's kind of what happens. Yeah. A little refresher there if you... uh, If it's been a while. Yeah. If it's been a while. We've all been there. Uh, So... I wanted to do a new thing. We'll do. We'll start it off easy with a uh, bad summary. Did you have a bad summary for Godfather Part Two? Uh, bad summary. I was kind of going for was just going to be uh, a little abstract. So it was going to be a alternate version of the time traveler's wife. It's Michael in both <laughs> the past and the present. He's just nice. going back and forth between all these events. Uh, I thought that was funny That's to think good, about yeah. it in that way. I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my bad summary was fishing trip gone wrong. Right. Uh, with Fredo dying in the end there. Um, so our new segment that I, uh, kind of like is I feel like when you watch a movie trailer, um, you know, they can, they can cut these clips up to make it look like any fucking movie. I, you know, we've all been there when we've watched clips. Like I thought it was going to be more about this and it's completely like, it's kind of completely the other way. They want it to look a certain way to kind of fool maybe the demographics they aren't getting. Exactly. You know, yeah, you can you can movie. take a couple cuts. You can change a soundtrack, and all of a sudden, you know, The Godfather is a, this very happy family movie of just uh, Italians making it in America in the early 1900s. You know. Yeah. So uh, I had two ideas for bad trailers. Uh, one I thought out way more than the other. Uh, <laughs> so the one's just going to be quick, but a movie about Cuban Revolution, maybe it makes it seem like it's a cuban missile crisis movie you know because that whole deal right and then uh the other one was a movie about a woman's right to choose and how the patriarchy is terrible so terrible that when this man's wife chooses abortion he slaps her takes her children and kills his brother which doesn't make much sense yeah (laughs) but he's just so angry about her right to choose that he had to kill his brother yeah the brother's like what did i do I'm smart. You know, you can like put those clips in there. And uh, that one makes me laugh and I like it. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, alternative to one of those. Uh, we uh, we just cut all the sections of like the failed uh, like assassination attempts or whatever. And then just add like a comedy theme to it. You know, <laughs> so we just try and get like some of the quotes out of there. World's that make worst it seem, hitman. Yeah. That just make it seem like it's just a he can't catch a break. And it's just all these failed assassination attempts. That'd be good. I like that a lot. That's good. <laughs> uh, another new one I wanted to do was just kind of so so much of what we do here <laughs> seems inspired by Sean Connery. And I was gonna say, you know, right the segment initially was gonna be right or wrong. Could Sean Connery play a role in this movie? Because he's just so abrasive. I feel like, and whether he fits in something or not is very hard. But then I had the idea: why don't we just go like? What what just give me hilariously wrong casting for just a couple of these parts. Right. Um so I had three. Um so I had <laughs> Sean Connery as young Vito, I think, is just gold. You know, it's like 
I'm making him an offer I can't refuse. Yeah. You know, like like we, we abandoned the accent entirally because Sean no wouldn't bother. Italian. Yeah. He doesn't check. Like, I don't know. That's why I appreciate De Niro so much. Is like he, he just dedicates himself to that role. And so, like, he's us to talking like this all the time. You yeah. Know? yeah. Like, he's essentially doing a, a Brando impersonation of Brando's godfather. You know what I mean? Because yeah. acting is an impersonation anyway. So, like, Brando's doing this Italian mob guy impression. And then he's doing an impression of Marlon Brando doing an impression. This is fun. Anyway. Um, Kelly Culkin is Michael's son, which is obviously impossible due to the time. But, uh, you know, just doesn't work at all. Just like <laughs> shiny blonde white kid. Like it just doesn't just work. Just completely out of place. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, a little before uh, this, guy's gets his, this guy gets his start. But uh, Sly Stallone is Fredo. You know, yeah. I mean, just like. Hey, uh, Michael, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I, every time I think I have a sliced alone, I can't fucking keep it. Um, I was just watching a lot of Rocky, which is why he's on my, and so, hey, Mick. Uh, uh, you, know? you like, almost need like something to keep your yeah. mouth from closing yeah, completely you so you can just mumble a little bit. Yeah. But just like, yeah, I can handle things. I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, one I want to add on to that just because I was thinking about it there because I think about uh, Don Vito, um, Danny DeVito as Vito. <laughs> <laughs> so, but also like abandoning the accent entirely. It's just He's Danny just DeVito Frank from fucking yeah. Always Sunny. <laughs> that uh, that would be fun. Just the most jarring tra- and like you know Michael can still be Michael. <laughs> yeah, but it's just whenever we do the uh, the the flashbacks, Vito is just uh, Danny DeVito. He's just so small. Like, uh, just, uh, you know, just half the size of everyone he's talking to. It's fantastic. And they don't even, like, account for it in the camera angle frame. No. He's just always half, like... Half the just... time, you just see the top... You just see his balding head yes. right there. Yeah. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Any others? Was that, that That was my one. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic decision. Uh, All right. So, if we're in our... Like, if we're into our notes here. I uh, threw the deleted scenes and such in here, so they'll just kind of be weaved in. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what I've been talking a lot. What do you got for your note? Um, so, I, I really like the way that it opens in general to where we have, like, the, you know, kind of like those credits, I guess, like, scrolling in. Um, and, and we have that, like, still frame of the chair. Um, I like that that's just kind of the, the opening thought that we, uh, we're starting off the movie with. It's kind of um, like previously on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that worked out well. Um, I liked that um, we, we kind of open up with like just that actual like wall of text kind of explaining the time period that we were in 1901, I want to say. Um, and uh, it, it made me think of the Golden Girls a little bit where it's like, picture it, Sicily, 1901. <laughs> and then, you know, we get the theme rolling her there and, and then yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> everyone's dead. Uh, catastrophe and all that. Um, but I, I, I kind of like this intro framing there. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're doing this funeral or whatever. We're kind of setting the tone. Uh, you know, they're carrying. And then uh, we we hear gunfire. Everyone's scattering around. Just drop the casket. Yeah. Uh, I felt really bad in that moment. Because, like, yeah. you can't drop the dead guy. Don't drop the dead guy. Um, and then just the shouts from over the cliff. It's like, your son is dead. They killed him. Murderers. Murderers. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we just opened up strong. We're really setting the tone. It's like everything is being taken away uh, from Vito at this point, and it feels good. Um, 
and then I guess we can we can kind of mention the one deleted scene of where you know prior to the funeral, right? Is where uh, you know they were uh, uh, sending some men to, to collect him because they were like, or like after the funeral. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, after the funeral. I'm sorry. Right. Where they like, you know, we're, we were going to send some men to, to collect Vito because like, ah, yeah. you know, he'll seek revenge one day. Yeah, just like his brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is nice to see, but. Yeah. So I also like the way the movie opens. Uh, just going strong, right? We got child murder right away. Mm-hmm. And then Vito's mom's basically like, <laughs> they go to talk to Don Cheech and he's like, She's like, no, no, no. He's not going to seek revenge. He's he's so he's so dumb witted, and yeah. slow, and uh, he's so small. It was like his mom's just like, nah, this dumb little him. bitch. Yeah. No, he's not going to do anything. But like, I you understand part of it because it's like, oh, you know, she's trying to protect him, so it's like, oh, he can't. He, he yeah, couldn't yeah. possibly. He's just this feeble thing. You know, it's just, just a like desperation. The, but I like the sketch concept of like. You know, like, oh no, this dumb little bitch, he can't do anything. And then the kids, like, hey, I yeah. can, I can do, I can, I'm smart. Yeah, I'm smart. <laughs> He's like, I could kill him in the future when I grow up and get strong. Yeah, I could do that. I can handle things. Don's just like, yeah, you see, he says he could do it. Yeah. I have to kill him. And he's like, no, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't. But- I mean, I wouldn't, not you. That's like, it's part of the smart thing. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that very realistic conversation. It's like, I wouldn't, but I could. I could do it. I could do it. I'm smart. Just like a a, a, a writer's room right? <laughs> as the scene. <laughs> and oh. then when she gets blown away with the shotgun, it's like, it's fantastic imagery. Just like, just a boo. And she's just like, Whoa. Yeah, she flails. Yeah. It, it was good. I, uh, I, I, I'm so disappointed in her, though, because the lack of commitment to the revenge on her part. Like, it's like, he, he like, what? Just do it right Just do there. It. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't even know. You're I mean, going to get shot no matter what. Yeah. Kill this man. Yes, absolutely. Um, My next note was just basically that the Clemenza's not here. Uh, I did send you an article uh, this week, which I'm sure you read. Yep. Okay. Um, So, I mean, we can just go ahead and talk about that. Um. <laughs> So Richard Castellano, who's Clemenza, and Clemenza was supposed to be in this movie, and then like all the uh, special features, behind the scenes stuff that I watched, you know, with Coppola. Now, granted, Coppola obviously is the one that gets to say his piece and have it be like the, you know, he's on the DVD, right? Yeah. So he gets to say, you know, what what his version of the events. Um, he says he was negotiating with Richard Castellano like right up until the shooting started. And um, of the movie, yeah, <laughs> not there, was, there wasn't any shooting. We have to be clear, dude. All the shooting involved, but um, but he uh, he, he said that he uh, had to cut it off at the time when finally Clement, uh, Clement <laughs> Richard Castellano's last request was like, all right, well, my girlfriend needs to be able to write all my dialogue. And I'm like, wait, what? Just so, like the most unreasonable request, right? And then Richard Castellano, his version of the events is that he never said any of that. Uh, he said it was um, the different demands on him as far as like what weight he's supposed to come in at, what weight he's supposed to get to. Because I guess, excuse me, there was a excuse me, there was an uh, a version of this where he was supposed to play young him, which that would have been seems odd. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's, I feel like it's too much of a time jump for him to do that. 
and so, he just doesn't have that type of like face and build, I think, to really make that sensible. So right, why why would you bother? Yeah, and so then he was saying, you know, so in the article he says he's already lost all this weight; he's down to one ninety, and then he said the script has him coming in at three hundred pounds because he's, you know, older Clemenza. We're getting close to the sixties here, you know, yeah, present day for the movie. Anyway, um, so I, you know. I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle there. You know, if one party completely denies one side of it, then, like, probably part of it's true, but not as much as, like, this side's saying. Yeah. Right? That's usually how those things work. It's always a little bit of truth in there. Um, and then what was interesting to me was that he kind of <laughs> had a – he was allegedly the nephew, I believe, of, like, Paul Castellano, who was, like, a real mob guy. Yeah. Um. Which it doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about here, but it's just interesting <laughs> to me because I love mob shit. Um, and then you kind of look through the script because if they had to do it as if they had to turn it around as quickly as you know Coppola is talking about, which is that part I fairly believe. Um, I feel like some of this Pentangeli shit is definitely supposed to have been for Clemenza, like with the, you know, he's like he was like the big dancing guy at the first, yeah, you know, in the first movie at the wedding and. You know, then, you know, he, he, I can see Clemenza's character coming out to this event and, you know, going like, there's no Italian music, there's no wine, like, what are we doing, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, going up there and then they play Pop Goes the Weasel instead of <laughs> whatever yeah. Italian song he's it, trying to get him to play. We could have copied and pasted him, uh, him in there and it would have been the, the same thing, same impact, you know? Yeah. Made more sense. Yeah. And, um, like, some of the, like, the Hitler stuff, like, you remember when he's, helping michael out with the uh with the gun in the first movie mm-hmm. you know and he's talking about hitler and all this stuff and then, you know tom talking you were talking to me about hitler back in 33 you know it's like it's, you know feels like a lot of it was supposed to be for for clemenza yeah obviously and if they turn it around that quick and um another thing castellano said was just that he didn't like the direction Coppola was ta- like he was also disagreeing with the direction uh Coppola was taking Clemenza which just seems uh, a little bit kind of like excuses at this point but well I mean I could see what he's saying because like if you put if you insert Clemenza in there you know like even if you put the hit on Clemenza like Clemenza's the dude that you know, like uh, Castellano's quote which I don't have verbatim in my head right now, but like he's like, you know, he's the guy that teaches you how to make spaghetti sauce, how to how to kill people. Yeah, he's the mob guy. He's not the one that's going to turn and go talk to the police. Um, which I thought was a valid point, you know. And so maybe that's where some of the disagreements happen. Well, obviously, yeah, <laughs> are where some of the disagreements happen. And then maybe that's where the whole like my wife writing the lines comes from maybe she was supposed to be like a third party that like listened to both of them and yeah that that median between the two it's like all right Right. well this seems a little out of character let's restructure that but yeah um i mean i wouldn't trust uh because i i mean who who was the girlfriend i mean was she a writer or anything like you know what i'm saying it's like we what what credibility does she have to be writing dialogue for this unless she is like a major you know, investment in the series or something knows all the details and can, you know, write dialogue that fits the character rather than it just being, I'm going to tell my girlfriend what to tell me to say so I can make it my own role. You know, I mean, I I don't see that, you know, flying anywhere. Right. And that that just seems batshit uh, for me, but. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's that's the Clemenza thing. Yeah. So, that's out of the way, and we can not have it linger. We can just move on. Um. So we, you know, oranges are still very significant in this movie. Yep. Um, I'm I'm glad you pointed that out because, like I said, in, in the uh, the first Godfather wasn't something that ever really clicked for me. Yeah. Um, and then since you pointed it, out, I was like, oh, okay. Like, and now you're <laughs> watching this one, you're like, oranges, oranges, orange, 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 orange. Seems a lot more prevalent now. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because that that was definitely something that uh, was completely lost for me on the the first one. Yeah. Um, I'm, I I've also been talking again for a long time. So, um, what? Where does your next note take us? Um, so I, I wanted to touch a little bit on um, uh, when Vito actually comes back into uh, or comes to America on the boat mm. and stuff. Um, so as him as the the sweet baby child, um, we have that scene that I always find is really interesting. Where it's like the in mass like immigrants coming in, mm-hmm. like all the processing stuff, um, just the organization of all of those people and like those different uh, you know places people coming from. Yeah, I always think just. You know, the the view of those always looks super interesting. You can see, like, a couple of the guys who have, like, those red hats, you know, just sprinkled throughout the crowd. Um, so I just think of organizing large group of people in those types of ways to show, like, the different cultures yeah. um, just as, you know, a filmmaking thing is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, poor Vito has smallpox. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, I was stupid. So I looked up, uh, what the smallpox fatality rate was in early mm. 1900s. Cause I wanted to see if it like mattered, I guess. Like, you know, oh, he's got smallpox. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, apparently between like 1901 and 1903, um, uh, in Massachusetts was the only place that I was able to find like a stat for. Um, but it had roughly like a 17% fatality rate. Oh, okay. So I was like, I kind of was hoping it was a higher number so yeah. that it was like more of a, you know, despite all odds, you know, Vito yeah, kind of yeah. surviving through, um, some of that stuff there. But, uh, obviously he was fine and he made it through. It wasn't really that big of a deal, but I was kind of hoping it was going to be like a, oh, you know, just another thing that poor young Vito by himself had to survive endure. Yeah. Um, it would have been kind of cool and, and fit well, but, um, so oh. be it. 17 still, you know, still scares you. Yeah. Right? If you're the one with smallpox, you know. Yeah. You said 17. You're like, oh, oh, that's yeah. got to be. We got to watch ourselves well, here. And you got to think, I mean, it's not like they had those statistics at that time. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it, they could only have just a, wow, we're seeing a lot of people die of smallpox right now. <laughs> like they could have been at the time what? thinking What'd it's like say? a 50%, you know. Isn't that the thing I have? Fatality rate. But uh, obviously, I don't, I don't think Vito even would have understood necessarily right yeah he doesn't seem like he well and that's i loved what his mom calls him dumb because that is sort of like an against all odds thing you know his mom's calling him dumb and like the just just because someone's quiet doesn't mean they're dumb just like just because someone who talks a lot doesn't mean they're smart like just because the guy like you can just be the guy that won't shut the fuck up (laughs) us <laughs> it's us <laughs> and uh it's the last of us you could <laughs> let's not do this again <laughs> uh you, you know you can be the guy that just won't shut the fuck up and then people go oh well they know what they're talking about they just they're talking a lot they're loud they're it's like that doesn't mean shit yeah you know like he, you know Vito, young Vito, again you know he he sit, he sits he he watches he gathers what's going on you know, it's just like the Finucci thing, you know, later on in the movie, yeah. you know, he watches like, ah, I don't like the way that guy runs things, yada, yada. 
But it's it's very purposeful. You know, he doesn't just open his mouth to have words coming out of it. You know, he just he, he's gathering that information. He's establishing context. He's making decisions in his head um, as these things go around him on how he's going to, uh, you know, handle it, interact, whatever. Yeah. Um, it does seem like when they asked his name, though, he could be like, beat it. Yeah. Like just a little bit of that timidness, maybe. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, though, it seems like he adopted the never let them know what you're thinking. Yeah. A little too early on and too, too much of a degree. Right. And what's your name? Don't let them know what you're thinking. Don't yeah. let them know what you're thinking. And, you know, <laughs> uh, not knowing the book at all, you know, as far as if his father had instilled any of that thought process into him, you know, if he had a father reason, not in the book at all, not completely irrelevant. Very good. Yeah. But, you know, even that could have been like a, uh, you know, it's just been instilled in the family or something. It's like a might just be traumatized completely because, I mean, in the opening text, it is father, you know, was killed for speaking out against a local. They said chieftain. Yeah. Which was interesting to me, which not not a big word I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with captain. Yeah. But uh, anyhow. (laughs) <laughs> maybe it's a bit of trauma you know it's like well yeah. never let them know what you're thinking <laughs> or, or hear what you're saying or anything at all <laughs> or let them see you looking at them yeah. or run hide dip dodge duck <laughs> or let them see your mother yeah. or yeah hide your mother think about that like this dude must be just fucked because i mean his mother just got blown away right in front of him with like comedic effect of like yeah. how far she blew back like it was crazy. And his brother just died at his father's funeral the previous day. This kid isn't dumb. He just doesn't know what the fuck to say or feel or do or anything. Yeah. Anyway. It's like, uh, and what's your name? My dad and mom and brother are dead. Remember when he shot her? Sorry, I was just thinking about that. Just yeah. just talking out loud. My name is, my name is Vito. Oh, my God, the blood. <laughs> the blood. They draw my dead dad. Uh, it's 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 Vito. Vito, Vito, Vito is, is the name. Vito. You can write that down. It's V I T O. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Definitely not Vito, like the fucking stupid yeah. ass senator says. Uh, he was going. That was intentional for sure. Yeah. The senator go. Uh, Anthony Vito Corleone. Yeah, it's a little bit of disrespect. Like, all right. like, yeah. And you know later when they're in the meeting, he's like, that guy doesn't like that guy. Like, like yeah. that guy just totally went for the disrespect on Michael there. And you don't do that. You don't you don't disrespect the Don. No, you don't. Um, I like the way that he is a complete shitbag, uh, the senator. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that, that whole interaction. Um, it felt like the, the whole conversation, like once they're at that, they, or they go into the room. And they're kind of having their talk about how uh, he's like, I'm going to give you the licenses, uh, but you're going to pay me all this money and percentages and bullshit. Um, it was very much just like casual villain vibes, um, which just really sold me on the senator as a person in that scene. Because uh, When he said the regular license is $20,000 and he was going to charge him $250,000. So you mean over 12 times, 12, so 12 and a half times the going rate for licenses you would like me to pay you. Yeah. Is just that's insane, and just yeah, just to set it with like a, and you will pay that, like <laughs> it, it, like he was just so confident that if he came in and I guess did that like strong arm approach, yeah, um, that Michael was just gonna fold. But it's like, no, you're fucking audience. Yeah, like this isn't this isn't a foldable chair that you can just he set up and put down. All the bad people killed. He's the baddest one that had all the rest of the bad ones killed at the end of the last movie. Remember, yeah. like, no, he didn't watch the movie. Oh, he wrong. didn't watch the movie. Yeah. 
was a problem. It's okay. It was on VHS. We can we can send it to him. That was the issue. He didn't watch the last movie. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. He's like bringing up stuff that happened in the first one. He's like, I, I, I didn't see the movie. I don't care. There, there's definitely a spoof Godfather <laughs> where we, where you just, he's like, yeah, remember at the end of the last one? No, I wasn't here. I, for I that. didn't. I wasn't in that one. I don't know. I don't care. What do I, I do now? Well, this, this severely fucks things up. I like Michael's just cold response back, right back. Not, or not cold. That's the wrong word. Just the like, I don't give a fuck response right back to him. And he goes, I can give you my offer right now, Senator. My offer is this. Nothing. In fact, I would Nothing. like it if you put I up would the like fee you to pay for the, the license. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it felt just, just like the biggest dick flex of just like a, I, I don't think you Yeah, the do senator th- walked in, he put his dick on the table, and then Michael was like, well. <laughs> if you take a look at Exhibit B, where I have the much bigger blacker dick, <laughs> yeah. you'll understand why you're going to be putting up the fee. Exactly. And you will do so with a smile. And I like so much that, you know, Michael, because we're, we're, we're part of the same hypocrisy, Senator. Yeah. Like, this is not, you know, you, you think you're better just because what you do is considered legal? Like, we're both fucking the system and people and every, you know what I mean? Like, I like that he points that out, yeah. you know. And the senator just goes like, nah, I'm better than you. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't care what you say with your silk suits and your greasy yeah. hair. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that, that, again, is, our, you know, the whole trope thing of, like, every movie, every Mob March movie, we've had the person that just hates the Italian people. Yeah. <laughs> just funny. Poor Italians. Can't get the break. <laughs> no, I think they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> these ones are fine, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, these ones are doing good. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and then kind of once we get uh, past this too, um, just uh, poor Tom, just feel like he's slowly like getting pushed out a little bit. Like Michael's just like, uh, Tom, you can leave for this. And he's like, okay. Well, he does. I mean, going back to the first movie, like that is the understanding. Yeah, but I I feel like there's still things that like Tom wants to be involved in at this point that Michael's just like making that decision for him. Rather well, you than... see him make the like you see him with the face of like he's just shutting his laptop and he's kind of like what the fuck, and then he gives that like forced smile when before he walks out and he goes okay Mike I'll be out here yeah yeah it's a little bit of it's like when your friend's trying to like flex in front of you and like kind of puts you down a little bit yeah it's like a all right I'll be outside right. thanks yeah. Dick yeah <laughs> we'll talk. You make the passive aggressive thing in front of like, yeah, well, I heard your penis is small, so that's fun, right? Oh, by the way, your wife called about those dick enhancement pills. <laughs> they should be in tomorrow. Thanks, Michael. Your wife said they couldn't find the extra small cock ring yeah. for that stuff you wanted to do. What do you want me to tell her about that? Oh, you we have could, no response right now? We could custom order the extra, extra small one. If- yeah, there's a guy in Long Beach. He said he could make it, but... He's he's actually the next guy coming in, so he'll he'll measure you up. He's got a form fitted around a needle. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went on way too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, my note here is the uh, you know so Johnny Ola is the one that's visiting. That's the meeting Tom leaves for. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Just more oranges immediately. Well, what's that, Rocco? It's an orange from Miami. Guess where the hit comes from? Yeah. Miami. Orange. Death. 
Anyway. It, it all just makes so much more sense once you have that context. If you, yeah, if Orange you have is the con- murder fruit. Yeah. If you know that, then you just see the death everywhere. You're just like, okay, so what's that mean exactly? Because there's a point where they're talking about Fredo later in the movie, and Al Neary is just kind of sucking on an orange slice. Yeah. Like it's the thing to do for some reason. He's just he's just kind of like he's just not eating it. He's just kind of like rubbing it on his lips. A he's bit. got it like a sucker. Yeah, he's sitting there like it's like it's in fucking slice, dude. Like pick in or yeah. out. Yeah, you know, in or out. <laughs> and uh, yo, know, but he's you know they're talking about he's like, where's Fredo? He's like, oh, he's in there. Neary is eventually the one that will kill Fredo. So yeah. there, there's this, you can find the significance with like every orange, right? Um. Which I have a weird one with, like, when they have the meeting in Cuba. And, you know, there's fruit all down the table. And there's oranges in those baskets. Like, you know, not the only fruit in those baskets. Yeah. But in but some of them. And so, what is what is it there? I'm thinking the meaning is the death of the Cuban government. Yeah. Right? Because then the revolution oh, happens. Yeah. Because I was sitting there going... Because one of the box score stats later <laughs> is, uh, you know, significant oranges. Uh, which I don't count every... <laughs> orange in the baskets i just go there's about 67 significant <laughs> oranges but only out of about seven scenes so <laughs> yeah uh just significant orange appearances and i was like oh, okay that's not relevant and then i was thinking about it, i was like okay well maybe it's relevant though because this is you know with the cuban government and then you know because the way that me it was on the fifth watch that that clicked for me which is a sad sentence but he says, you know, this is the most long, the longest, pro- most prosperous time for the Cuban government. And then I'm looking at the oranges and I'm like, well, that's not significant. And I'm like, wait, yes, it is. Death of the Cuban government. Death of the Cuban government. Math checks out. Um, and uh, if we're still, I mean, I don't know what your next note is, but I am still at the first communion party yep. kind of deal yeah my notes go on to i'm um, talking about how connie fucking sucks um yeah do that yeah, yeah. so connie sucks <laughs> oh is that's, that it that's no. the, no, no. so <laughs> that's yeah. the note so you know she's uh you know apparently been living la vida loca um which i'm not entirely sure on the translation or if that's being used i'm pretty sure here. that's mexican but that's or spanish rather but. oh it doesn't matter I'm just, <laughs> that's just what came out of my mouth just now so <laughs> rolling with it we need google translate it yeah here it'll be on screen don't worry <laughs> um but you know so she she's just been living her own life having fun she sees her kids on weekends maybe you know she's just been fluffing about she's on what marriage number i believe this if she would marry merle i think that's three yeah um so she's she's very much just living life on her own whim and and coming to michael for money is is, is what it seems like the general theme basically been. what she reveals in the end is, yeah you know i just wanted to hurt you yeah yeah um so you know i, I just i very start off with fucking connie <laughs> just so frustrated with her in this interaction be like where are your kids what are you doing it's like you come to see michael before you even see your kids after you've been gone for i think like two weeks at this point now yeah it's like fucking connie yeah um yeah part of that there's that whole thing so like that conversation in there where he's standing maybe four feet from the guy yeah i don't know this merle i don't know what he does but yeah (laughs) just talking about the guy like he's not fucking there and then you know it's like just tell him you can't do it he'll understand believe me yeah like can you imagine if i was talking to someone (laughs) right here like, yeah, I don't know who this Jason guy is, but, you know, he's a real fuck up. And uh, just tell him tell him he needs to leave because he'll understand. Believe me. 
and I'm just not looking yeah. at you. Like, like, how uncomfortable are you getting in that it's moment? Like, uh, Don Tyler? I'm, like, I'm right here. Guy that you've never met before who's allegedly really powerful. Yeah, just absolutely dismissing you as an yeah. entire entity. You don't know. You're just like, oh, this girl's fun. She likes to fuck, and she wants to go on a cruise, and apparently her brother's really cool and powerful, and he's going to give her money. Yeah. Except it feels really uncomfortable in here right now because he's talking about me while he's right here, and he's yeah, not looking at me. You're, you're kind of looking around, and it's like, am I, am I about to get snuffed right now? Right yeah, now? Like, like, are they just going to dispose of me? You know, I'll excuse myself right now because I'm sorry. I've offended someone by Connie, I'm going to tell here. you right now. I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. Yeah. Mon- uh, the definition of, like, monster-in-law, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, if, if we can talk about the deleted scene. So, um, with uh, Sonny's uh, uh, daughter, um, which I'm forgetting on her name right now. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Um, but, you know. Francesca. Francesca. So stark contrast in it because we we know who Connie is. Obviously, she has now created this history of this behavior. So like Michael has kind of these like dismissive feelings towards her and the way she's living her life. But stark contrast with Francesca, she has this guy come in, um, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, they've been dating for six Six months months now. Like it's a very like formal thing. And. I think, number one, just because they probably have that better relationship, he says, you know, I feel like a father to her, um, which, granted, he feels like a father to Connie a little bit, too, but, um, you know, as a father to Francesca, it's like, it's a very warm uh, interaction, um, is, is is the best way to put it, um, and just, just very stark contrast, like, we're dismissing Merle, but then this guy that Francesca comes in with, it's like, and how do you plan to support her? And he's like, oh, well, I'm embarrassed to say I come from money or whatever. And then they, you know, he, he Michael jokes with them a little bit. Um, it's just, it, it isn't just that Michael is cold and heartless to everybody. It's that he understands the situation. And I think uh, having that being a deleted scene does it a little bit of injustice to that. No, because yeah. he is very, like, cold and flat, I guess, in his delivery and interactions. But that was, like, a, like, more personality, more warmth coming from him. Um that I think is significant still. Yeah, I mean, there is I, uh, a category I should have maybe put in the box score is warm moments from Michael because I would say that maybe the having drinks with Fredo in Cuba yeah. you know, before he finds out that Fredo was the one that betrayed him. Um, you know, the Francesca moment, which wouldn't have been included in that box score because it's deleted. Yeah. Uh, the moment with Kay... Two, two moments with Kay that would have been considered, like, you know, personable, warm moments, right? Where he's dancing with her, how's the baby? Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you know, right before the shooting where he walks in there and the drawing's on his pillow and they're kind of talking, whatever. You know, th- these, I guess that's kind of the job now is that coldness. Oh, and the part with the son before he leaves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is just, he just has to have this crazy, hard, cold exterior. Yeah. You have to close your heart to, uh, some of these things to make sure that you don't get emotional. You don't lose perspective that you, you do the job. Right. And so, you know, just he's a hundred percent of the time. That's what he is. And even when he's talking to Tom about his family, okay, did you give my son something? Okay. Tell me so I'll know what it is. Okay. Can't you give me a straight answer anymore? Was it a boy? Yeah. Um, not, you know, not a lot of personable moments when he's in Cuba either, really, you know, just, he's just 
flat, yeah. cold Michael. You know, I, I feel like he even, I feel like his dad was even a little more personal, personable in the first movie where I, that was one of my notes is like, he's surpassed his dad in like, you know, just commanding authority aspect yeah. of, of that because he just, he's not going to give you anything. There's no, there's no like, I'm going to, oh yeah, hell, hello. Yeah. Friend, you can't, you, you can't know? schmooze Michael. Yeah. It's not possible. I feel like Vito was like slightly schmoozable. Yeah. But you knew where the line was with Vito because he, you know, he still was this, you know, this authority. Yeah. You know, but you still couldn't, you couldn't go too far. Yeah. I mean, if, know? if, if we one to one, you know, compare like our, uh, you know, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding from the first one, um, the, the guy who I keep forgetting the, um, uh, that uh, Vito deals guy? with in the first one, yeah. Like the very first yeah. opening of the movie, uh, yeah. Marigo Bonazera? Yeah. Bonazera. Uh, so, you know, he, he has that interaction or whatever, um, and it's very much like a, I'm just demanding the respect out of you kind of thing as soon as I have yes. it, like we're chill. Um, but, like, it, you, you can, like, see that kind of transition. It's like a, I understand, I'm willing to help you, I need respect from you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, okay, I'll take care of it, we're good. I'll, I'll call on you if I need you, everything is fine. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like it would be as clean of a transition for like if someone came up to Michael and was if like, "Amerigo was like, yeah, I like need disrespectful," you to kill for money, and then you might just be thrown out of the party. He might not even be like, he might not even have that grace period of like, "All right, kiss the ring." Yeah, like, you know, because um, yeah. I, I just don't think he has that. Um, uh, maybe like that vision of like how you have to be a little bit dynamic in how you handle people to be open and accountable for people who like, maybe they, you just need to set their expectation. It's not, you rule with an iron fist. It's a, you need to make sure they respect you. Um, but you have to correct them if they happen to disrespect you kind of thing. Yes. It's like children. <laughs> you have to, you have to raise them right. Everybody's children to Vito and Michael. Honestly. <laughs> and, uh, the little yeah, people Vito, and their problems, you know, Vito knew how to deal with people better. I mean, yeah. You know, you think even, in the little flashback scene at the end of this movie where, you know, Michael's like, I did join the Marines. You know, it's like, there's, there's probably a few different ways to break that news to your brother. Who's a fucking hothead and is going to get, you know, crazy mad at it about everything. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, Tom's like, we've talked about your future. And then, you know, Michael's like, I didn't ask for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's like a conversation that you have with somebody you're like i know you want this for me and you did these favors for me to not do that but you know there's a com- there's conversations there's ways to smooth things over with people yeah. when i didn't you- ask for this i don't want it. yeah but that is just like i don't care uh, yeah i don't know so yeah his father was but yeah michael just commands the respect so i mean obviously his father had it but yeah it's like you better with michael or like things might go really sideways for you yeah. whereas Vito will at least correct you michael will give you yeah no okay anyway too long on that. <laughs> all good uh so what do you got next um so i guess just wrapping uh into like the later part of the night um that alfredo is still a giant pussy um, alfredo with his, <laughs> yeah I have names throughout all of these for people because I uh, one at some point I think they're funny because um, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, 
I don't know. You'll, I'll get to them. I'll read them off as they come in. But I, I, people get different names throughout this. Um, but he's just a giant pussy. His, his, his wife is kind of just sloppily dancing around on the dance floor. Um, one of the deleted scenes, we see her, you know, they showed up to this party with her being sloppy as shit. Yeah. And, like, he's just completely unable to address her in any kind of way. Get Does her not under respect control. him whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't respect himself enough to, like do anything yeah and you know it, it you, you do that comparison it's like you know i michael is the big tough guy like he runs the family i am uh you know kind of embarrassed to be showing up like this you know both as like the older brother but also that i uh am gonna get trampled on by my wife a little bit too yeah um Rocco coming up to him going yeah well mike says if you don't take care of this then i have to and then fredo just goes you better you better yeah but you know, it's 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 still even that respect for Michael. It's that he's like a like I'm not gonna just do it and like embarrass you by just removing your wife kind of thing. It's like, hey, like can you go tell Alfredo? Give him the option. Yeah, he yeah. has he has a chance to make that decision, take that control, and change something. Yeah. Um. But then he, you know, he, he crumbles and lets somebody else deal with it. He can't handle it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. <laughs> And then with Fredo, Fredo just gets the short end of the stick always, <laughs> but like also he almost deserves it at points, you know. Like, I I think he does a lot of the time because like he just doesn't he doesn't do enough, and he just hasn't had to really learn any hard lessons and like adapt. Yeah, I feel it's like even no matter even if he fails, like it's just taken care of around him for the most part. Yeah. So it's like he just doesn't he doesn't have to make hard decisions. He doesn't have to learn, and it's been his detriment for through both of these movies. So yeah. Either it fell on Sonny or it fell on Michael, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, before Michael is a part of everything in the first one, right? You know, Fredo's kind of got a job, but, like, he's not usually the guy that drives, right? And so then, you know, the guys are shooting dad, and he's like, Aah! you know, yeah. he's, like, dropping the gun and everything. And he's just, like, this and then feeble, like, sad creature. And then it's like, what now? Oh, uh, well, send him to Vegas where he doesn't have to do any of this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, how is he going to learn now, right? And he gets sent to Vegas to pretty much be somebody else's bitch a little bit. So it's like, yeah, basically. Um, and then on just Michael being cold still is, you know, the whole Fredo, you know, as we're talking about Fredo, you know, like he comments that he's weak and he's stupid to Tom. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, Fredo can't run this. I need you to be the Don right now. You know, Fredo, he's, he's, he's got a good heart, but he's weak and he's stupid. Yeah. You know, and it's obviously a very cold thing to have your own brother murdered, right? Um, I mean, we can talk about that now. We can talk about that later. It's just a little bit for later, I think. Yeah. But uh, but was Fredo... So, obviously, this is where the thing happens, you know. I mean, th- this whole thing is kind of like a mystery of, like, well, where did the... You know, who's the inside guy Yeah. For that Roth got to, right? And Roth, you know, through Olaf... A la Fredo is, is how we got there, right? Um, which I kind of wonder what the logistics are in that plan. It's like, okay, like what did Fredo have to do <laughs> for said betrayal here? Yeah. Is right? this like leaving like, doors unlocked? That's is this... the house. Yeah. I'll go in there and open the curtains. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and I mean, Fredo actually says like, I didn't know it was a hit. Right. Um, you know, so it's like he, he, he knew something was happening, but he, he was saying, like, I didn't know it was a hit. Yeah. So it's like, uh, number so one. Are we thinking he's too stupid 
and he got himself in trouble with it? Or do you think, as he says with Michael over his banana daiquiri, <laughs> um, was he, you know, because he's like, I was mad at you, Mike. So was he mad at him or is he just too stupid? And he honestly, like, what did he think was going on? Are they taking pictures of my, is this a bond plot? We're, you know, going to video Michael and Kay fucking, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of have to think that it's probably more so the approach of that. He was like upset with Michael and that this was kind of a retaliation for it. Cause like, sure. He's stupid, but like, he's like Alfredo can, st- or Alfredo, Alfredo can still do things, you know, like he can still kind of think for himself and make, you know, those impulsive choices. And I think part of that was a, like, I, I'm mad at your Michael. Um, you know, I, I feel all this inferiority towards you. You know, I should be the older brother. I should be the one taking it out. I'm I, smart. I'm smart. Um, I, I think it was kind of the, I was mad at you and this is like the retaliation for it. I don't, I don't think he was like too stupid to say it. Okay. But part of me does think that it's like a, you had to have had some level of understanding. Like when he's like, I didn't know it was a hit. It's like, what did you think? That's a lie to me. We were going to do to me. That's a lie. Yeah. I didn't know it was a hit. I think that's a lie. Yeah. What what isn't a hit? Like what what takes that little you level realize of what infiltration you're in, yeah. right? Like <laughs> um, it's always a hit. It's yeah. always a hit. So it's like, is that like a uh, trying to like uh, uh, talk it down a little bit? It's like I didn't know it was a hit. I was just trying to you know do some things to to make sure like deals went through or whatever. I didn't know things were a hit. I don't know. I'm I'm stupid, Fredo. Yeah. Remember, I'm stupid until <laughs> I'm smart. I'm smart. I can figure things out. Um, all right. So, and then I've, I'm just talking about K here a little bit and the Fredo plot. Yep. If you're, when you're watching the first time, I guess if you were a detective putting together clues, right? You're going, you know, Deanna runs out of the, runs outside when the, after the shooting happens and Mm -hmm. she's like, they're outside my house. The body's outside my house. Ah, Michael. Um, so if the bodies are outside of Fredo's house, she's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Well, there's how there's convenient that clue, they're outside right? of Fredo's house. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say that's a pretty big one. Um, and then you, I feel like it's pretty much a sure thing when they're talking in Cuba at the bar. Like, oh, I was mad at your mic. Yeah. It, it seemed like, almost like saying too much with some of that remorsefulness. Yeah. They hit Michael's blind side on that. Where he's, of course, he's not going to be expecting his brother. Yeah. And then, of course, the giveaways, they're at the, you know, old Johnny Breaker Cracker with his cock yep. show. Uh, which is goofy. It's the oddest place to even exist. Um, but. but, like, where'd you find it? Oh, Johnny Ola. And then yeah. Michael's sitting there. He's like, it's like fuck, you God! did. Yeah. I, I was so like, mad was at, right at Fredo there. in that scene. Um, and I'll, I'll ramble about it once we uh, we get to it. But I'm just like, man. But, yeah, he's lack concerned of about it. You know, he's, uh, yeah. So if you're paying attention there, there's all that. And also if you're paying attention, uh, with the K with, with K there, you might not have guessed it was an abortion, but you could probably guess that something like it was a little bit deteriorating Yeah, because you watch it the second time through and you're kind of looking at K when they're dancing or, uh, you know, in the beginning there or whatever, like any of their interactions, she's just kind of like. It almost looks like forced smile there. Mm-hmm. Like, how's the baby? Like, like I'm very much eh, just a passenger. He's sleeping and... inside me, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and they they even have the conversation too, where it's like, a you told me in five years' time that the Corleone family yes. was going to be legit. It's been seven years. 
Like yeah. it's it's I, I feel like that just like the oh you're saying that to Michael yeah. <laughs> like you must be upset uh, yeah but yeah I I felt like just in that conversation they kind of had throughout that um, that you could kind of feel like she's a little fed up a little like I don't I don't think I want to do this anymore well and then that deleted scene which again would have been another one yeah was you know after the yes for Francesca to set the engagement date or whatever. Um, you know, she runs out and she's like, oh, Uncle Michael's the best. And Kay kind of has this moment of like, hmm. don't say it. Oh, that's lovely, dear. You know, it's you kind of see that in her face where she's like, swallow your tongue. Swallow your don't. don't now's now's don't, not the time. Now's bite, not the time. Swallow your tongue. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. <laughs> you know, um, but the uh, fuck, I was going somewhere with that. She being upset with Michael, wanting to leave, not saying bad things about Michael. Francesca. Oh, the fight on that, like, there's a little bit of Skylar White vibe there with me where, like, I get a little like, eh, come on, <laughs> you know, where she's like, he told me that five years ago. It's like, do you think it is easy as fuck yeah. to just move everything legitimate? Like, you know, now this guy is over here like, you're going to have to pay 250000 for a gambling license. It's like. You think I can do that legally right now? <laughs> this is so fucking complicated. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. I said five years. It's complicated. Yeah. Like, I'm I would just, I would just freak out. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hundred percent transparent about everything. Yeah. Which would be bad because I'm like, if I was a mob guy, you like, have I, to just be so just like, nope, can't know about vague. it. Yeah. Which is always, almost always, the issue in any of these mob things. Why there's a disconnect between the husband and the wife because he can't tell basically this whole side of his life yeah you know yeah. um what do you got next i've been uh so i just kind of finishing up the uh like when uh michael and Kay are back in their bedroom um and the the room gets blown to shit um so his reaction time being just absolute dynamite and, and ducking and you know coming over to the other side of the bed um but I, I, I guess I didn't really pay attention to it. Uh, but you know, in, in watching it through this time, I was like, he like pulls K off of the bed, like she was like kind of trying to get off of it and like down off to the side. Like he pulls her off the Tuck bed, and roll, bitch, and he gets on top of her. Like yeah. he, he still like does. I think that like protective thing there. Um, and if you want to call that uh, maybe one of those warm moments too, yeah, where it's like he's, uh, you know, he, he's still actively trying to be in the way of the bullets. It is very much Kay who doesn't love Michael anymore. Michael yeah. was very much interested in still being married. Yeah. The ter- tipping point for him was the whole, I had an abortion, Michael. Yeah. You know, that was very much a tipping point for him. Uh, but he very much always cares. Yeah. You know. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm not sitting here victim blaming over here. Like, <laughs> I, I very much understand why Kay's like, no, nah, I'm good yeah. on all this. Sorry, I'm good. <laughs> but, um. Uh, then we're kind of getting after all that. Do you have any more like while we're still, uh, just the quick of, I love the, uh, like, you know, we're, we're on the compound. They got all these staff rolling around and stuff. So I love the, the video game, like nature of like the alarms are off. The dogs have been released. You know, people are scrambling. We have around. dogs apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, I, I, I found that just to be like an interesting thing because we haven't done a whole lot of like the, uh, you know, widespreads around the compound. It's usually like, here's the building. The thing's happening at, we don't really pan across it. And yeah. then it's like, okay, we got this big ass place. We got dogs. We got all this staff. The it's, dogs I, I, cracks me up a little. Yeah. Bit. Like, it, like how many? Sorry. Oh, it's you. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
the dogs thing cracks me up a little bit because it's like how many situations are we going on manhunts over here yeah you know like this is like you know the the mall as they called it in the first one you know in long island like this is a pretty enclosed kind of thing like no you know no one really gets in to do any mischief it's it's kind of known and so like how many manhunts are going on within these walls that we have specific dogs to be released <laughs> you know what I it's mean? Just it's not a police do. force. Yeah, it's the mob. <laughs> well, you got to think dogs in general too, as kind of the alert and alarm system on their own. You know, right. if, if they're well trained, if they see anything, hear anything, they're going to start barking. But it was anyways, literally but, yeah. like the release the dogs, and a thing release comes the up. Hounds. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's so specific. Anyway, but um, and then I start thinking about just the payroll involved in places like this. I would love to see that end of month report. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the house always wins with gambling, so, I mean, yeah. they're, they're doing all right. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and then my, my next note is uh, Don Tom. Okay, so um, just the only after the party, like, after we're out of that scenario, or I guess it's technically before the shooting happens. Um, you know, the thing I just thought of on the shooting was if they're shooting in from, like, I don't know if they come – I don't know if they move when they're shooting in Michael's window, but uh, the shooting angle I feel like should just be at Michael, probably hitting the headboard, maybe the bed. Mm-hmm. But then the mirror is on this wall, like kind of away. So that that's more of like a straight on firing angle. So mm-hmm. if they're at a vantage point, I feel like the bullet shouldn't really hit the mirror. Or if they were standing right out the window, they probably should have been able to hit Michael. Yeah. But, okay, anyway. A little bit of an inaccuracy, but, yeah, just like, hey, we just need some shit to be shot. Yeah, well, well, let's not be a dick here. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, So, right before the shooting happens is where these deleted scenes are supposed to be. Uh, It's Al Neri kicking Klingman out of said casino. The Klingman dude they're talking about, you know, Nyman Roth supports getting Klingman out of that casino, so you can take advantage it's the one where they need the license for from the corrupt senator and then it is uh fabrizio from the first movie the one who betrayed michael and got apollonia killed um he has a pizza shop in america now and there's a car bomb in his car fittingly and that's how he dies so very uh, good sweet revenge yeah so love to see it uh yeah i'm in uh i'm in veto time now too so go ahead uh oh uh well i i had a uh, don tom and then i also wanted to um complain about uh sleepy kids so uh michael is talking to his son anthony um and the kid's supposed to be like kind of sleepy and uh i i hate the way it's this is a stupid rant but i i hate this fucking kid because he's like he's kind of like in this weird kind of like curled position his arms up his head's kind of crooked and he's He's talking in a sleepy voice. I fucking hate it. I hate things like this. I hate sleepy kids. They look stupid. They sound stupid. I think child actors need to do better. Well, it's because um, they just, are I, stupid. I know. I just, I hated this kid so much just watching this. I was like, I just hate this kid. He's just like, Dad, what's going on? You're going to be mad. Like, Shut the fuck up. Um, I mean, can you think of some of the goofy shit you might have done as a kid, though? No. Like no nothing, no, okay. not a single. I I was an immaculate child since day one. Well, you still are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um just like you know, like you, I don't know. I guess just like with the little brother, you know, he's just like, 
I remember my little brother doing such weird things, you know, where he's just kind of like, like he's asking something, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, like it's like, will you sit up straight, boy? Kids just, especially when they're like, they gotta they gotta deal with an authority, yeah. Which you know, dad's always the authority, right? Especially in this family, yeah. Right with Michael, biggest authority. Um, so. You know, like, obviously, there's that kind of, like, I'm a little actually kind of shy to talk to you. A little bit of that, like, uh, submissive kind of thought process going on. Like, I mean, I have these things I'm going to say, but if you have something to say about them, Dad, I'm not. That's fine. I'm I'm stupid. I'll I'll abandon anything I'm about to say if you tell me differently, (laughs) Dad. I hold no strong feelings towards anything (laughs) I've just said if you don't like any of it. Especially if you have opposite strong feelings. I'm (laughs) I'm very afraid of you, actually, right now. (laughs) If you could tell me what to say, that'd be great. Uh, Do you have a script for this (laughs) conversation, Dad? Yeah, that's definitely the vibe I'm getting from the Michael Anthony uh yeah yeah uh now we're in uh 1917 yeah so um he's got a little bab a shabby pad and a baddie bad is what i opened up with because the (laughs) the scene is him and his like little apartment with his wife and the child you know that's 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 my (laughs) my Uh, opening thought real quick do you know mama corleone's name sure don't okay so this was just something i thought was funny because I feel like I, I actually watched for it in number one. I did not watch for it in number two. It, very easily, they could have said her name at some point, and I missed it. I should have watched for it in number two. You'd think I would have with how many times I watched it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, they never say her name in number one, and I'm pretty sure not in number two. It's Carmella. I Which feel I like only... I remember hearing that though. But see, but I, only... I I would have never attributed that to being her name. She's the just only Mama. reason it's familiar to me at this point is because I have read it in cast lists. Mm-hmm. When I go, who played this? Oh wait, who played this? And I see like Carmilla Corleone, and I'm like, and I stop for a second because I go like, who the fuck is Carmilla? You mean Mama? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Mama Corleone? Because I have not heard of this Carmilla bitch. Yeah. Which then makes it even funnier that uh, Tony's wife is named Carmilla in Sopranos. So moving past that, um, I love Vito. I love De Niro. I love everything that goes on. Um, and it is, uh, it is so cool to see just what makes him into Godfather, the Godfather. Yeah. And he even has some of the traits early on where like things don't make him nervous early on like he sees his finucci guy he's like whatever yeah right? he's very unfazed like, unworried they go to that show you know where uh jenko's like oh, look at my sweet you know like okay you like you think she's hot okay yeah and he's like let's go backstage and meet her and vito's like whatever um and then there's you know he's you know finucci's threatening the girl that jenko thinks is so hot backstage right and you know vito's just staring yeah he's just it's watching. like he's like oh uh, another, there's another play back here you know <laughs> And Jenko's like, hey, what are you doing? That's for new, you know, and he's like freaked out. Yeah. And Vito's just like, what? Like, what? you know, it's mom he, has, he has no nerves because he's he watched his mother die. His brother got shot up on the hill. They dropped his dead dad. Like 
He just no nerves. Yeah. Doesn't like he's seen it all. What could possibly happen in this room? That's going to shake me right now. Does nothing. Not, not a, a fuck. single fucking thing. I will stab that guy right now. Like I'll stab her. I'll stab. I'll kill her too. Yeah. I mean, depending on what he he's paying. Yeah. Uh, you know, his mother called him dumb. You know, he's been through it all. Mother, mother calls him a dumb little bitch, gets shot with a shotgun immediately. Like it's, you know, this guy doesn't give a fuck. And, uh, I feel like he's got a lot of, so this all goes together. It's a lot, but like, so he's got a lot of disdain towards Don Finucci as we talked, kind of had covered already. Mm -hmm. He wields his power very irresponsibly. He's he's very much just a bigger thug rather than like a person of power. Yeah. Like these bad guys, when they, um, ascend, right. They get like classier. Yeah. You know, and then you have people between. Whereas this guy, he's like, well, that's not the way you do it. Like, you can tell Vito's watching him. Like, this, this isn't the way you do it. You don't do it like that. Yeah. You don't take from Italians. You don't, you know what I mean? you. So there's all that. He's like, just Vito, already have the mindset of how you should be running this operation. Yeah. It's And um, and then there's the deleted scene where we see. So Finucci's got this gnarly throat scar, neck, right? Yeah. The deleted scenes, and it's kind of included in the book, um, because we do tell the early Vito story in the book. Um, that is one of the, just the only story that's not like in the book that we've seen so far is the <laughs> Godfather three, and which is just garbage. And <laughs> we're still going to cover it, but you know it's garbage. And um, the uh, Michael storyline in this movie, um, but. That that's a whole big thing in the book, um, where he sees him. I I don't think he witnesses it. They just kind of tell the story of Finucci getting his throat sliced. Sure. And then you know they make it a very big point in the book about like how he's like holding the hat, you know, so the you know the blood doesn't get on his suit. He wants to catch the blood in the hat. Um, and Vito's just kind of like this fucking vain guy. Like he cares about all the wrong shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, fucking stupid. Uh, so that's the deleted scene is, you know, Vito sees it. And then he kind of like, there's the, like these stairs and there, there, there's no solid anything. I guess Vito's like sort of in the shadow, but it's daytime. Yeah. And he just like steps between this like fire escape and the end of the stair railing. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that's supposed to hide him from Finucci seeing him, which didn't which Finucci basically looked like directly at him, but just like he's staring up like he's like yelling at the windows on the upper floors like, help me, help me. So maybe that's why they didn't take it out, because like as far as that goes, it's like, what the fuck? Why didn't he see him? Yeah. Um, But I do feel like I'm OK with that one not being in, I guess. Yeah. Just because like, I mean, it's cool to see how he got the scar or whatever. But yeah. whatever. If if I read too much into that, I kind of look at that as a little bit of uh, Vito scene, uh, kind of like the insignificance of Don Fenucci. Um So in uh, in my names that are uh, not right, so he was Don Fettuccini in my first. I dig it. Uh, lit there. Uh, everything might be pasta based, maybe. It fits. Um, but uh, so he uh, it, it, it's it's just a man, you know, it's he's not he's not conducting business the way he should. You should be this upper level guy. You have people for this thing. Don Finucci is, you know, he's supposed to be the top of his food chain, quote unquote. But he's out here uh, trying to correct the behavior of these like younger thugs, these teenagers, these yeah. kids. 
and can, and one of them gets them. Yeah, one of them gets them. Yeah. Um, and I I think that right there is just the very like the the big scary Don Finucci that everyone cowers in, pays money to. It's like he's just this one man, um, that like oh, three teenagers almost took out. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and I I feel like if I read into that too much, that's like a very much of a uh, no. I, I Don Finucci looks so small to to uh, veto in that moment. I think I think it's the perfect thing to read into it. Sure. So I think I mean you know. But I do want to say uh, uh, being called the Black Hand is one of the coolest job titles you could probably have. Yeah, we all aspire for it. Yep. Um, and then just a couple more of the deleted scenes in the uh, early, the veto stuff. Um, <clears throat> so that happens. Then we have uh, a short deleted scene where it's it was if included, it was a sort of homage to uh, Francis Ford Coppola's father and grandfather. His grandfather, Augustino Coppola, uh, was a gunsmith, and so they get weapons from that guy. And then um, his son, who is you know Francis's father, um, he uh, he was a they say a, a flautist is the word. I mean, I guess that's what you say when someone plays a, fl- a flute. I thought it was a flutist, but a yeah, flautist, I mean. Sure. I mean, maybe it's pronounced that way, but there's an A in there, mm-hmm. so that kind of threw me off. Flutuccino. <laughs> Flutuccini. Flutuccini. Um, Everything is possible. This guy's a Flutuccini player. Um, but, yeah, apparently his father was a renowned uh, fl- flutist, flute player for the NBC <laughs> Symphony, Symphony, and uh, he did some composing work as, for movies, and he's made musical contributions. Not He wasn't the composer for like any of these Francis... Francis's movies but made contributions for different parts of different movies and so that's kind of cool and um if it would have been in the movie you know you got kind of some fact within some fiction there uh which is cool and uh but yeah there's Dilly Zane there in the warehouse guys giving him guns and he's like hey come play your flute Carmine oh and his father's name is Carmine I don't think I mentioned that but uh and then after that they stole the dresses in Clemenza's uh selling dresses and he you know goes and gets his nut with some girl yeah banging <laughs> uh, housewives is uh he's gonna give him give her two for the price of one if you know what i mean yeah she can get two kids for the price of one here <laughs> yeah uh yeah what do you, what do you got next because i got more deleted scene stuff with uh hyman roth and whatnot so uh so like, yeah my, my next thing goes into uh when vito loses his job when he's talking to the, the grocery <clears throat> boss man um, I thought that was kind of a uh, a nice tender moment, and he's telling him he's like, "Oh, you know, you've been like a father to me since I've come here. You know, gave me the job." Just the extremely understanding that uh, I have to give this job to uh, Fenucci's. It was his nephew, right? Yeah. Um, that I got to give it to uh, Fettuccini's nephew. Um, <laughs> and you know, the the pride. He's like, "I'm not even going to take the groceries. Like, yeah. it's fine. I don't need it. I'll figure it out." Um, and I, I, I felt, I think one way about it the first time I watched through this where I was like, Hey, just take the thing. It's a nice gesture. Just accept the gesture. Yeah. Um, and then I take a look back at it to where it was like a, kind of like a respect and like, you've done enough for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need this. It's fine. Um, you know, and, and that being a little bit more of a pride thing. And, uh, uh, I guess maybe also like the favors thing too. It's like, Hey, you know, you don't, you don't have to do any favors for me. You know, you don't, you don't owe me anything. Yeah. Um. I just thought that was a uh, kind of an interesting scene. Yeah. Um. And then I just like uh, 
I, I find young Clemenza just just very weird and, and fun I throughout. Enjoy it so very much. Yeah. yeah, he's just such a. Uh, I don't know. He's he's just fun to watch and, and see him talk and stuff when they go and break into the house and, you know, removing the stuff to get the rug or whatever. It's just, just the playing it off is yeah. what gets me, you know. He's like, ah, he's the... not home. That Didn't even leave us the key. Bitch. Yeah, yeah. We're like, ah, he won't mind as he fucking is picking the yeah. lock. It's like, what? But, like, yeah, it's the... Uh, <laughs> and like... Vito, like, it senses, like he's, he sees it right away. Like, uh, no. He's kind of looking around. He's like, come on, come on. He's like, this isn't right, but let's see where this goes. Yeah. Help me he, move he this still table. happily took that run. Yeah. <laughs> Help me move this table. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cop shows up. Clemenza just pulls out a gun, ready to blam a jam. Okay, so this is wrong. This is bad. This is a steal. This yep. is a steal job. Okay, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that that whole scene I just thought was was fun because it's like the ah oh, trying to play it off, but then the cautious looking around. It's like, oh, has anyone seen me break into this place? Yeah. Good. All right, let's go. Can anyone place me here? <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's the Hyman Roth delete scene uh, with uh, kind of after Vito, you know, does the Finucci whacking and all that such things, those such things, right? Um, but Vito's the one that gives him his nickname. Uh, he comes in and you know, Clemenza's like, "I got this guy." You know, we're, we're he's like, "Hyman, I'm Hyman Sachowski," and you know, <laughs> Clemenza's like, "We're gonna call him Johnny Lips." Yeah. Uh, which makes no sense. He's like, Zavita's like, who's your favorite guy in the world? He's like, oh, Arnold Rothstein, which is kind of a jump ahead. Or, well, behind in the movie, but ahead to real life. <laughs> <laughs> However the hell that works. Uh, that, you know, Hyman Roth tells Michael that, you know, I've liked Arnold baseball ever since Arnold Rothstein fixed the World Series in 1919. Um, which I should maybe looked up Arnold Rothstein, I guess. But moving on. Uh, so that's uh, apparent. So he's like, "Oh, we'll call you uh, Hyman Rothstein." So apparently, he dropped the Steen at some point. Yep. And uh, and uh, okay, yeah. So that's the whole delete scene, which is funny because then you look in some of the those shots when they start the olive oil business. Um, you know, he's uh, he's one of the guys that's like grabbing the sign with them, and, like hanging up the sign yeah. and everything. Uh, and he's sitting there in another deleted scene so yeah the whole with thing. without the deleted scene he's just a random he's just a guy guy he's just staff he's not so to me like i think the hyman roth thing should have been included but i think when you're three hours and 20 you're probably just cutting every little yeah it's a little bit of context and it doesn't we already know that they work together we don't need to know like oh well he came in and i gave him a different name and all that yeah i just would have liked it you know because otherwise it's like oh i guess he's just Excuse me. I guess he's just this guy that works here. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I got on that. Did I include the... Oh. The other thing I had to say about Hyman Roth was just that um, he, uh, in real life, is it is very obvious he is very much a equivalent character to um Meyer Lansky who was are you familiar with Meyer Lansky at all not he at was, all um he was he's called the mob's accountant oftentimes okay and he was a a big a big deal as far as he had like almost everything to do with um you know getting the casino started in Cuba which 
then becomes a big problem with them getting kicked out of the casinos when the revolution happens and Castro takes over. And so that's a whole thing, uh, which is a lot of the plot with um, Kennedy getting assassinated. He was supposed to help them get back in the into the um, – that's why the Bay of Pigs happens. That's why – and the mob's essentially involved in the Bay of Pigs. And it, is, it is a whole it's a lot. fucking thing. Um, but, you know, it, like Hyman Roth tries to go and take refuge in Israel. Um, you know, Meyer Lansky did the same thing. Uh, got denied, had to come back. Didn't get shot at the airport by uh, <laughs> by Rocco Lamponi, but um, he, you know all that all those things happened to him. He does have money hidden somewhere that they never could find. Sure. Um, so very real life um, equivalent there, and uh, Bugsy Siegel would be kind of the Mo Green character, I believe. Uh, but we'll get all into that like really in depth maybe next march when we do the irishman um if we're still around <laughs> uh but yeah so anything else uh there uh as far as oh, i mean just whatever you got next yeah well that's so I mean. that's, that's stupid that, that's uh, <laughs> it's all right anything uh, else okay uh, let's call it quick yeah so it uh you know we uh uh, come back to the the present time. Michael rose up and uh, has that conversation with Hyman Roth. I like that uh, Michael parked on like his only patch of grass up front and just completely ignoring the driveway. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just the most disrespectful shit in the world, and maybe that's normal. It but... seemed like a routine thing, yeah. <laughs> but I just reason, I'm watching that and I'm like the wrong. only plot of grass, you know, outside of his main yard. It's like the only like side patch, and you're just gonna like park your car on there. It looks wrong for yeah. sure. It, he did it like it was really normal. Yeah, it, it had really to have been wrong. just yeah. like the, the alarm in my head is going, what the fuck are you doing? Get off the lawn. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking, Michael? Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I enjoyed the, uh, the conversation there. I enjoyed that. Like his wife just, uh, all the wives are just, you know, either completely oblivious or semi oblivious to all the implications of these things. You know, yeah. they, they close the door. They you turn want a tuna the, sandwich? They turn the TV up, you know, and she just like barges in. Turns it down. You yeah. gotta go deaf in here. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just love seeing stuff like that where it's like everybody is doing it. You know, you, your wife can't know nothing. Yeah. Um. So I just, uh, but I, I enjoyed that interaction between the two and a little bit of the uh, feeling out the conversation to kind of see what Hyman Roth is going to relinquish this and you know get a feel on. It's like, oh well, that's where's he at with some of these things? You know. Well, the fu- I mean, it's so interesting to look at that conversation to where. You know, like, I know the first time I watched the movie, I took nothing from it, you know, and then Michael's all of a sudden in you know, New York talking to Frank, and he's like, you know, he's like, Hyman Roth tried to have me killed. And I was like, you got all that from that? <laughs> he was like, hey, you pay attention to the football game? And like, you know, like, yeah, like, it seemed a little less Heard you had some trouble. And then I guess, you know, then you're like, well, how do you get that from that? And you're rewatching the scene. And you're like, okay, I guess I. He's kind of feeling it see, out. And how do you feel about Frank? But I think the giveaway is when he's like, well, how do you feel about Frank? Frank Batangeli is a dead man. How do you feel about that? And, you know, he's like, he's small potatoes. And I, I, I it's the little He wouldn't look subtleties. at him when he said that right. either. You know, yeah. it's like he's, he's starting to eat. He's like, I eat small potatoes. You know, Michael's my, the, it's, it's so interesting that you're getting all this from the little subtleties of these people talking to each other and it, somehow it's this big chess game. Yeah. And you know, you think Hyman Roth maybe isn't onto it. And then, you know, the whole 
Pentangeli thing happens and then Pentangeli is testifying in court and so is uh, Willie Chichi. And you're like, oh, well, shit, you know. Yeah. Um, Roth is also playing chess. You know, he, you know, it was almost like he, you thought maybe he w- didn't even know there was a game going on. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, he's playing chess. Yeah. It's good. Um, so it's just, it definitely takes multiple, you're not, like, you will not get everything out of this movie with one watch. No. Like, there's, sure. there's no way you could. Yeah. But, um, again, because it's an incredible movie, you should go back and watch it multiple times. But, yes. Um, no, I mean, a lot, lot of value on that second watch through. And it's it's like with any of these other kind of, uh, you know, where there's people behind the scenes, you know, there's double crosses to be had. Um, you, you never get that on a first watch. And you always pick up on so much more of those clues, context, all of that, um, you know, once you go back through. Yeah. It's fantastic. My favorite Michael quote in this movie is uh, when he's talking to Frank Pentangeli. Yep. Go for it. <clears throat> and when he says, you know, he goes from this script he's like he's like you know they tried to kill me in my home and frank's like yeah i almost died myself and he's like in my home yeah in my bedroom where my wife sleeps and then he gets it goes like real quiet all of a sudden he's like, where my wife sleeps where my children come to play with their toys like he almost isn't talking at the end yeah where my children come to play with their toys it's just, i don't know just the line execution by pacino there the way he chooses to do it it's just so interesting and then as we've talked about before like with the subtitles you know you pretty much like put the script in the yeah you know in the in there and just let it be and if actors changed anything up you know you see it because you hear what they say you see what's yeah we'll see what's read um and so some of the choices by pacino on what he's saying you know like play with their toys like with their toys is not in the subtitle, it's yeah. when my children come to play. When my children come to play with their toys, I don't know. I everything. I just like everything about it. It's he's he's still got the Pacino's still got the range because like there's he reaches a point in his career where he's just this guy. Yeah, you know, like he's, he's just always this. He's up. everything is ever. You know, <laughs> where and he's always got a gruff later. I don't know if Scarface fucked him up, you know, because he was doing Tony Montana and the cockroach. Yeah. Right. Which I, I don't know what accent that was, really. I can't do things on command sometimes. But um, it was just it, he still had the control of the range. And I feel like later he kind of loses control of his range and his voice is a little fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 maybe it's a little bit of a choice too. It's like I, I think in in this scene, it's a very good job of how uh, I guess like flat of a delivery he is throughout all this. He doesn't really have those spikes, you know, where like he he you know loses himself. And I think that's the character doesn't often lose himself. Um, but yeah, just like that that intensity of where like he's he's losing himself in that moment in that emotion a little bit. You know, I'd, I'd imagine in his head, you know, when planning out this conversation, he was still going to be cool and calm and just deliver the information. Um, and it probably got away from him. That's that's how I felt with it. And that's why he kind of uh, reels back on the end of that. It's like, where my children play with their toys. Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. And just to see him lose himself in that emotion. It's like he he is actively keeping himself and his thoughts and feelings in check and how he uh, expresses himself to other people. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like that, that was really good to see. Yeah. Uh, let's do a short break so we don't get burnt out on this and I can go pee and stuff. Sure. 
<laughs> yep, we're back. Okay. Everybody's peed. Everybody's got the blood flowing. And uh, we're back on Godfather Part 2, Part 2. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's an important distinction to make here that um, peeing and blood flowing are two separate interactions. Um, we don't have medical health issues where we're peeing blood. I just feel like that, that needs to be Speak made Speak for yourself. Okay. okay. You <laughs> should talk to somebody. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, all right. So, my, I don't know what your next note is. Mine is Fredo and his banana daiquiri. Um, and the, the whole interaction between him and Michael. Mm-hmm. What do you have next? Uh, so, I, I had a little bit of a chunk between, I guess, like uh, um, the hit on Frank. Um, and then uh, a little bit of that interaction with the senator as well. So, cool. um, as far as the the thing with Frank, um, I just uh, I, I guess kind of covered in the uh, some of the comments you had where it was just a little awkward in the the presentation, like the shootout afterwards or whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of odd the way that um the like bartender handled like the interaction once like the cop came in. Um, you know, it's like it, Frank's getting strangleholded in the back there a little bit. Cop comes in, he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? Like, you open or closed?" And yeah, I just came in to clean up a little. It's like with like eight guys like, in, hanging out. I mean, I don't know if the cop had seen like these other guys, but like obviously they'd been had, and it was like something was going on. But it's like, wouldn't you lock the door? Like, if you're not open, you don't want no one coming in. Yeah, it's like, wouldn't you have locked the door? You would have thought. I mean, that one guy's standing there, and he looks at the bartender like, "What?" <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like why you can lock the door too buddy yeah um so i thought that was kind of interesting um when uh they were talking um he was like you get like a he was talking about a c note like the i, I find this disrespectful what is a c note do you if have I remember idea? right it's money <laughs> But I gotta look it up. Okay, I, I, it, you, you it looks. Well, I, yeah. yeah, it, it kind of looked like it was hundred dollar bill. Okay, is what is immediately showing up. So I mean that's fine. I, I I guess in that context I didn't understand if it was more of like a like there's information here or if it's like a oh the C in C note refers to the Roman numeral for a hundred, which was printed on hundred dollar bills and can also refer to a century. Perfect. Okay, so that that, that makes sense. It 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 didn't click any thing in my head for it when it was said so i was like is this is this just money it kind of looked like money all folded up but yeah i want to make sure i wasn't missing that there was like more of a like uh you know like it was a check or like it was a you know order for something or anything like that i don't know yeah it just didn't make sense to me um but i also just love how like catastrophically bad that whole interaction went down <laughs> yeah um it just it, it it seemed very like i know you can't plan for everything but it just seemed like so unprofessional i guess start to finish and like i understand it's like uh maybe we shouldn't be killing a cop or something but it's like basically the strategy was we didn't lock the door cop came in we panicked we yep. we shoved him over and we just ran for it yep um it just it just it, it was so amateur hour yeah and uh it just was a little frustrating to watch it go down absolutely but and the you had a senator note as well yep um, so I liked the, I mean, uh, I guess the personality or, or, you know, tonal shift of the Senator himself. Um, you know, when he was talking to Michael, he was the big dick villain. And now in this, like, it's like, oh, I'm coming to, and I've apparently stabbed this whore to death in her pussy vagina. Um, <laughs> what? In her pussy vagina. 
Um, but like he, like he was very, uh, you know, traumatized for sure. And yeah. I mean, that's it's understandable from that. But it was like a very, uh, we have made the senator again so small now. You know, it's this guy who, uh, you know, we think is a little bit of tough shit, and he's just now the small and significant scared guy. And it's like, hey, we'll we'll take care of it. You're lucky, you know. I think they said it was Fredo's, right? Like Fredo Corleone owns this building or something. Um, so it's like, you know, we we own this. You're lucky. You know, we can take care of this. She had no family. It'll be like it never happened. Yeah. Um, and I just I love the transition, and it. I guess I drew a little bit of the equivalent to the horse head in the bed, like it was yeah. it was that same uh, type of act. You know, the 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 one from uh, uh, Vito. I felt like was a like a very classy message to be sent, whereas like the uh, uh, you know coming from Michael, it was a setup. Yeah. Is, is is how it felt it came across and i think that that comes off a little bit as i think the the way Vito viewed and respected people um and the way that michael just wants like the domination over them yeah so it's like you know with michael i'm gonna create this scenario where it's like you have to now submit to me whereas uh with Vito is more about sending that message and making you have sure... a chance to submit to exactly me. and i i think that's a very uh that's a good point i think to parallel the two and make that distinction with how they both operate yeah um so i just wanted to make sure we covered that because i do think that is a significant piece between the two yeah absolutely um yeah that's and then like just the funny thing about like al neary's in the bathroom just he's like he like pops his head out and he's like drying his hands off yeah and tom's like mm. <laughs> 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 like like it's another day at the office like, like oh, how's it right you know it's just like i don't know it's very funny to me. you're right you're right uh all right so i'm in cuba yeah the the next, next thing note. i had was that uh uh that meeting with all the the telephony and telegram and whatever folks and they got the golden <laughs> phone that they're passing around and such an odd interaction just in general yeah um, I was like, why? We're like, why? I, I get it's like that flex a little bit. It's like, I'm going to pass this around so you can all feel the weight of this solid gold telephone. Also, I think rich people are weird. Yeah. You know, like there's certain customs I feel like with, or like when even like not rich people that are like trying to act proper or whatever that I've noticed is like, uh, like the whole, um, there was the 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 cake. Yeah, with everyone Roth needs later. to see the cake before it's cut. Well, the, well, there was that, and then like his weird thing about like, it was like, I hope my age is right. I've always been accurate about my age. Yeah. Like, why are you talking yeah. right now? Shut well, up. I, I mean, uh, kind of that that mindset with people who are in like higher you know money, higher power, anything yeah. like that. I think they value what they say more. Yeah. So it's like, hey, oh, I was planning them to think this was a oh, how amusing. I'm in Roth. Yes, I hope your age is correct in the cake. Wow, well, you're yeah. so you're incorrigible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like and that also is the other thing. Everybody everybody see the cake before you cut it. Yeah. Okay. I don't fucking care. Oof. Yeah. Is it's it? it's a small cake. It's, it's like this can't be an incredible cake. We're in Cuba right now. Yeah. Like get some perspective. <laughs> this is not going to be the best cake I've ever had. Well, I'm sure there's a there's a <laughs> a restaurant that's phenomenal, but it's not the not because of the dessert. Yeah. Um All right. Yeah. So then all right. So my note is Fredo and his banana daiquiri, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um which is hilarious later when, you know, Fredo's leaving with that champagne and he's like, I'm going to get me a real drink because I can't. <laughs> it's like, I just I can't do this. 
like a real like a, this is funny um but i love the whole interaction when fredo and michael go sit down at the bar yeah um because this is one of michael's warm moments right where he's you know he just he just wants to hang out with his brother like yeah. he's not like there's there's no job a, there's no business talk it's like let's just how this you, is very very not michael as far as the rest of the movie goes he's just like well let's just sit and then fredo's like fuck this is good like why did we do this before yeah i was mad at you mike you know it is you know and, and even still right there michael still is just like what yeah like what this is cool right <laughs> like, he's like why are you so upset like i'm, I'm glad we get to do this yeah, but yeah we probably should spend more time like, together but oh you were mad at me okay well that's, that's okay right. you that's don't gotta be right. mad it's fine and then yeah then so his whole quote earlier uh you know with pentangeli you know, keep your friends close your enemies closer which is not an original michael statement by any means i'm pretty sure that's like from the art of war the sun Tzu thing um so Vito wasn't very original either sure um but he did keep his enemy closer. He just had no idea. He didn't know that he was doing that. That he yeah. was keeping his enemy closer. It was his brother all along. He had no idea. Um, and then his quote there was at the party when he finally confronts Fredo on it. And like, fucking kisses him. And he's like, I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. And then Fredo's like squirming. And he's, and he's like, like, I don't you like broke this. my heart. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it, it it's uh, the at the... Uh, uh, you know, they're, when they're outside in that, ca- I, yeah, is was that like a cafe or bar? I guess, like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. When they're out at that thing, they're having drinks. Yeah, when they're having the outside drink or in whatever. Cuba. In Cuba, <laughs> um, it was it was just really, I guess, interesting to see like how much context you can look at, like Fredo just spilling his heart a little bit at Michael, and how Michael is just not picking up on the signal that's actually there. There's so much trust that, like, Michael doesn't have a lot of trust in a lot of people, and, you know, Michael's just like, this guy's so stupid, there's no way he could do something yeah. like betray me, and he's just like, he's like, but later I, he finds out, he's like, yeah, like, grab his head. And I, I think it's a little bit of that, like, he's stupid, like, he, he wouldn't do something like this, but I think it is a little bit of that blind familial trust, you yes. know, he's like, like this is my Very brother. Blind. Like, I, there's there's no reason why he would do this to me because I wouldn't do this to him. And, you know, I, I, I think he just has something stuck in his head about, like, the, the family is still the family, you know, the me and my brothers and stuff, and that there's yeah. nothing that's going to break that up. You know, there's nothing, that's, there's no betrayal that can take place in that. Um, which just seems so uncalculated from Michael's perspective so yes. far. Um, and and I, I think that just goes to show that even the, the cold delivery, like, there's still a lot of, like, love that's within him for um for his family everybody's got some kind of hole in their game yeah you know um but yeah i liked how how bad of a job alfredo did throughout all of cuba at uh keeping things like <laughs> low-key or like it, both him and uh johnny uh, yeah. johnny ola um because uh, when they because they they were uh alfredo <laughs> Fredo was entertaining, uh, like those senators and like all those other like, congressmen, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like he's entertaining like all those guys, and he's like, "Oh, this is Johnny Ola. I don't think you guys have met." And they have the worst interaction and, right and Mike, there. That was the thing that got me with Michael. Is Michael, like it was like deliberate. looks like what? Like he looks at them going like, like he has that inquisitive face of like that was fucking weird. Yeah, and yet he still doesn't even place it until Fredo says what he says at the you know break a cracker with your cock show yeah 
It's just there's there's yeah. there's so many like red flags that like he he had to have been blatantly ignoring or just no that can't be it that right. can't be it you know doubting himself in that thought process um which probably just makes the the actuality you know that that betrayal coming to um you know we know for sure uh, that much more impactful that much more sad for Michael yeah but yeah um <laughs> my next one is just like found it funny that we never knew the bodyguard's name uh even in the credits he's just credited as bodyguard Mm -hmm. i uh Uh, had been referring to him as undertaker (laughs) sure that worked (laughs) i didn't Uh, didn't have a positive (laughs) reference name for him but there was a point like the first time i was watching this and i think it took until the second time i was watching this to realize like oh that's not johnny ola yeah (laughs) (laughs) because They were both, they both were old. They both had the gray hair, you know, they both just had that generic white old guy look to them. And so I was like, oh, Johnny Ola put a hat on. Yeah. Oh, Johnny Ola is strangling Johnny Ola. Who's that guy? Yeah. (laughs) This doesn't add up. (laughs) Like it was weird. So yeah. Anyway, I definitely didn't catch that one early on, but, um, then I have a note just said good old break a cracker cock. And, uh, Johnny Ola is played by Dominic uh, Canese, who is Junior, Uncle Junior in The Sopranos. So, just nice. a thought. And Ross' motivation revealed, um, you know, when he's sitting there, you know, he's kind of giving the business to Michael about, uh, you know, where's the $2 million? Like, I thought Fredo came in with the $2 million, where's the money? Mm-hmm. You know, and... They have the talk about the Pentangeli hit and the, you know, um, basically why Roth wanted to kill Michael in the first place is kind of brought to light. Yeah. Finally, because you're kind of like, is it just a business thing or is like Roth have a grudge? Yeah. Yeah. But I like the, uh, you know, Roth still like trying to be a little bit cool. And he's like, well, you know, if there's two million on this table, I know I have a partner. If it's not, I know I don't. I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the most defenseless reaction to this conversation. You say something cool and then you're like, I'm going to go take a nap. It's like, I don't know what else. I'm going to go take a bubble bath. Yeah. (laughs) Like it might might as well have been that. Yeah. Um, It's like, what, what, what is the most like wimpy thing you could say after saying something cool? like that it was like i'm going to go paint my toenails (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go get my nails done (laughs) especially being him too like it'd just be the most like what the fuck i'm going to go get a perm yeah there you go oh shoot if the million's there yeah anyway um I'm back to Vito, so if you got more Cuba stuff. Yep. Uh, so just kind of finishing up, I guess, the, the Cuba section for now. Um, so with our uh, our Undertaker character, he was kind of outside that room where um, uh, Roth is get, getting some medical attention in the hotel still. You mean still. bodyguard? Yeah. When when bodyguard uh, <laughs> is, is kind of showing around. Uh, we can call him BG. BG. <laughs> when the... When the uh, hold on, is there the BG... BG boys or BGs? Yeah, they're just the BGs. The Beach the, Boys. The Beach Boys. Yeah. And then the Beastie Boys. It all rolled Beast into one is. one character there. The BG Beast BGs? Yeah. Be- the Beach 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 Beach. The Beastie Beach Beaches. 
So when uh, when BG's uh, running around, um, we uh, we get these very like Jaws uh, like piano notes um, that get played as he kind of like circles a little bit back there. You know, he he opens the room a little bit. He sees like the Heimenroth getting some of that medical attention, and then he you know backpedals away because I think another group of people walk in, and then we see him walk through and we just get like a brrrr. And it's just like these deep, chonky, like jaws like thing. Yeah. And it just felt so like predator, like this is the man hunting. Yeah. And I thought, um, just with the way that uh soundtrack, I guess, had been throughout all of this, um, it seemed like a little off, but also like very fitting. I um, no, I dug I dug it a lot. Yeah. And um there's that de- definitely oh <laughs> there's one thing I had to say about this scene where Johnny Ola is walking in a room. I don't know if he's after Michael. It, it confuses me a little bit because he's kind of like, looks like he's sneaking in to that curtain. Yeah. Like through that curtain rather. Um, and then, you know, BG comes up behind him with hanger. Interesting one to strangle somebody with. I don't, I have not encountered a lot of hangers that are, uh, have the strength to, I mean, you know, yeah, they're all I these a lot of cheap ass plastic thin hangers. Metal wire they're just going to bend. Yeah. I mean, it'll be irritating. Yeah, it'd be uncomfortable for sure, but it'd but break before you died. I think so. Yeah, even and even those metal ones. I'm I not going to try it. Thin, but... you know, it's it's going to yeah. bend before it kills you. I'm convinced you could probably get somebody with a wire. I mean, because you've got to think. I mean, they strangle Carlo with fish line, right? Yeah, fish lines. Fucking. I, I feel like though you might decapitate someone before you strangle them with the fish line. I mean, I've never done it, but like, it just seems like just that fine, like dig into shit. Yeah. Property of the fishing line. There's probably a lot of physics involved with strangulation versus decapitation, but maybe that's where like, you know, if you were, you know, yeah, there you go. More of a sawing motion. We don't have a saw. Do we have any fishing line? (laughs) Do you have any dental floss? (laughs) We need to cut this guy up. Anyway, yeah. Just walk in. It smells like trident and blood in here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we kind of get the, the swallowed events. Because I think before we do that cutback, that's when, uh, you know, the Undertaker gets uh, murdered, right? Don't don't we see that before we yes, do the cutback? He's Vito? in there, and apparently it's really hard to uh, smother, smother a guy who's having a stroke and is like a million years old. Um. And the, yeah, he they they walk in, they shoot him, so yeah. Bye, BG. Yeah, I uh, I wonder if uh, coming back to this thought now, um, using the uh, coat hanger um, was an allusion to uh, Kay getting her abortion. There you go. <laughs> See, it's all connect. See, this is what I told you. You got the oranges. Everything's <laughs> symbolic, you know. At that very moment, Kay was having an abortion with a coat. It was a whole thing, right? You got it. Yeah. Dude, you're getting so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I teach a class. It's every every Wednesday. Wow. That's yeah. that's awesome. Um are we in are you in Vito land yet or no? Uh we'll just uh start the revolution. Alfredo had a chance to still leave with Michael and uh, he chose to flee. Michael's gonna kill him all along, yeah. Like you don't believe yeah. if Fredo like goes like do you think there's any road back for Fredo or do you think it's just over no matter what Fredo does I don't know I feel like it would have been the proper form of submission to go with Michael at that point um 
and then maybe that's just a little bit of a, I guess I'm going to die now. You know, just accept that fate, because the only other option is Alfredo's going <laughs> to... He's going to live in fear for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just not... It's kind of that classic, uh, if you get caught masturbating, do you keep masturbating, or do you act like you weren't masturbating? Yeah. No, you, you make eye contact and you finish. That's the rule. <laughs> I think it depends who walks in. Sure. <laughs> How confrontational they are. How physical this might get. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Now we're in we're in veto time. You're in veto land. Yeah. All right. So I really like um my favorite scene of the movie. No. I did I did think about this. It's my second favorite scene when Vito follows Finucci on the rooftops and eventually kills him. My favorite, just for the record, and you can hold me to this later because I did change my mind on it. I just forgot to type it in here. Sure. Is the killing of Don Cheech in Italy. Yeah. Like the way he does it where he's like cuts across his body and everything. And then Tomasino, like we see why his legs are fucked up in the Godfather. So anyway, um, second favorite scene in the movie, Vito stalking Finucci into his apartment, uh, you know, gun in the towel, towels on fire, shoot, you know, shoots him again, like the <laughs> excessive third time yeah. <laughs> through the back of the head, um, takes his money, shoves him down disrespectfully. I like when Vito kills someone and he like, like when he, when he stabs Cheech and he's just like, <sighs> like he just, he and does that little like, disrespect or yeah. disrespectful, like flick thing you know like be done with you yeah now. like and then he like even did like a second one on the don cheat like he was like, <sighs> like oh, it's funny I, I, I like it i like it a lot but uh that's definitely my second favorite is the veto on the rooftops um and there's oranges behind Fanucci as he he's carrying an orange around um it's like you gotta watch out for oranges man this is <laughs> oranges mean everything in this i movie. haven't had an orange in months <laughs> <laughs> ever since i found out i won't eat one yeah. um, my wife keeps trying to buy them it's weird i just keep throwing them away she's like where are all the oranges i will tell you at a time when all these oranges aren't here um there's that i meant to look up the festival there's a note in here what is the festival and i was definitely supposed to look that up so yeah. i forgot kind of odd um, we had statues of jesus with like the dollar bills stapled all across them all um, i know is that they mimic it in sopranos sure <laughs> because like they're all about you know godfather references in the sopranos yeah um so the rooftop and then i love when vito gets done with the job um you know shooting Finucci, taking the money back that he just gave him basically um goes and sits on the step and we are shown very prominently, like Michael has, Michael has, and always will be the golden child. Yeah, you know, he's like, I love you, Michael. Whatever the fuck he said to him, you know. Um, and then the Godfather theme is conveniently being played by a man on the stoop when he's singing some other song. Um, it's a nice touch. Like always, the golden child, even when he goes against his father's will and goes to the war yeah. later, he can do no um, actual wrong. Yeah, just can't do it. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that segment with Vito for me. So what have you got? Sure. Um, so I, uh, I, I guess just really enjoyed the sequence. Same as you, as far as, you know, Michael kind of hunting him 
uh, from the rooftops, just Vito. keeping an eye on him. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Vito. Uh, hunting him from the, the rooftops, keeping an eye Michael on him. Michael Sr. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of liked uh, uh, Fettuccini's uh, interaction while he's like kind of walking through the cloud or crowd. It's like very self-important. Yes. He, he's talking to himself almost, self almost entirely. Yeah. Acting like people care what he has to say. You know, he walks up to the um, that little puppet show and he's like, oh, too violent for me. And he's like, like he's looking around for yes. somebody to like look at him uh-huh. and nobody does. Yeah. And I just I love these like ways that we just get to show like the insignificance, you know, because in all the interactions we see of like Vito and Michael, like there's all that respect. There's the eye contact. There's the, you know, handshakes. Everyone the, cares. The shoulder touches. Yeah. It, like it's all very meaningful because uh, Vito and Michael matter in those people's lives a lot more. Whereas um, Fettuccini is just uh, a thug. He's just a thug with a wider jacket. Mm hmm. Um, and I just liked how uh, pretty much the entire population is dismissive of him unless he is causing trouble. Yeah. Um, I just I just thought that was really good to see. Yeah, they do um, kind of talk about in the book how he uh, – like it's pretty much where, what he gets money from is kind of the people he can fool into thinking are – like that he's important. Right. You know, that he could do something to them. You know, so he's basically the – kind of the, just the talker. As far as that goes, like he doesn't really have any real authority. And then, of course, it's shown by the kids, you know, yeah, slitting his throat. Um, well, you know, and throughout this, it's like homeboy doesn't really have like a posse. Like he doesn't exactly. roll, you know, with people. Yeah. Like he's, apparently he's, there's like a higher boss or something. Yeah. Uh, involved. But I don't know. Maybe if that's original five families shit. They never really go into whoever this higher boss is, because if I could point out a hole, I suppose that I just thought of is like. Well, where's the repercussions from that boss? Yeah. You know, if you killed Finucci, like, or... Or does Vito come know. in and fill that gap of, I can do this better, don't worry. Yeah. But, like, where's that higher boss above Finucci then? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. So, anyway, moving on. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's finishing up my section there, so okay. we're back to, back to Michael. My next note is ADT has been around since 1874. Um, I know that sounds like it doesn't belong in this podcast, <laughs> Um, but I was wondering about ADT because there was the sign on the gate Yeah. Uh, after our little intermission there. Um, and ADT's been around since 1874. I know this sounds like some sort of security uh, research podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, ADT. Uh, yeah, it was called like American something telegraph. I don't remember the middle word. I didn't go into great detail, but I looked it up. 1874, just so we know. Sure. Um, and, uh, oh, my other nose, Vito scares the landlord and Clemenza is starting to get hefty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, I kind of skip around a little bit because I feel like the next little bit is just more of an observation piece where, where is your next note? my next like, thing is, is your... uh like michael beat in that like courtroom okay good um so just that uh everything's very orchestrated especially with tom kind of being your support you know you have very carefully planned out things to say but just the amount of confidence that you can speak of like these like i did no wrong i'm not implicated in any of this where it's like a i'm not implicated in any of this right there is nothing leading me to show us, you know, it, yeah. I just, I love that interaction. It's just the absolute confidence in yourself. 
um, and uh, and probably Tom, you know, at that point where it's just like, hey, we're good, well, right? I mean, Tom, like this is this, this is this is the job. part where he gets to shine because like this whole movie, like he's just kind of been suppressed. I yeah, mean, you know, there's the uh, the hooker thing, and he's kind of a G there, where you know he's just calm, even though there's a dead hooker with, uh, <laughs> if I can quote you, pussy vagina <laughs> stab wounds everywhere. Um, but he uh. Yeah, so this is kind of his time to shine here where he's just and the place where he's most confident. Yeah. with Michael there. So, but it was it was nice to see, you know, kind of that that come through a bit cuz number one I just I love Tom. So, having him on screen and saying words is just a fun place to be. It's honestly um, one of like three reasons why 3 sucked. Yeah. Because no Hagen. So, um but yeah, I just thought uh, you know, the the absolute confidence and like, hey, yes, no no one's going to land. We're good. We're good. We're good. Even though, like, when they leave the courtroom, they're like, this shit might land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you've set yourself up uh, so set yourself up for, like, three counts of perjury or something with, with what's gone out. So we got to make sure then. We got to figure this out. We are uh, we are not fucked. Yeah. Um, and then uh, coming up to that is when uh, Michael and uh, uh, Fredo are talking. Um, oh, okay. So. Yeah, do that. Um, so coming to that is where that's uh, where Alfredo is just like slaunched like in the most like pathetic looking position on this yeah. chair. He just looks so sad and, and and pathetic and feeble, and it's great. It's it's a great way to uh, show him because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just like the conversations. Like he's just so defeated. Like there's that remorse there. He's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Is like my kid brother taking care of me. It's like I wanted to. I was passed over. Yeah. Um. So like I I understand that. Like I I I just feel like he's he's trying to make his case on like why he felt this way. But like it's just so much too little. Too I late. can handle things. Yeah. I'm smart. Like and it's just if 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 you were an adult and you respected Michael in that way, it's like you would have talked to him and be like Mike Mikey. Like I I you want- wouldn't call him Mikey. No. First off, like that's I think that's one of Fredo's things. Like stop calling him Mikey, Fredo. <laughs> uh. But you know, Michael. Uh, I, I, I want to do more. I want to be more like, what, what do I need to do? You know, start speaking Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, honestly, I think Michael has such, there, I don't know how to say this. Like he, all the people he like really respects, you know, they kind of do the heavy dose of Italian. I feel like, and he, you know, for example, like Pintangeli's brother, like he's obviously, you know, there's a very professional respectful relationship right there sure where like guy barely even knows him but like he's obviously very he gets so mad when Kay says the thing about the whole like this 2000 year italian thing and then that's like where it snaps and he gets yeah. she gets slapped right uh oh one woman slap put that in the box <laughs> uh one okay right, no moving on so um Damn, I always take a side note on a point. Yeah, I don't remember so the, what the, the, point the Sicilian, was. the two thousand year, like kind of dismissive. So the, 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 the language thing. I yeah. feel like if Fredo, you know, just like pops up with some Italian all of a sudden, and he's like, "Brother, yeah, like uh, there, oh, like that familial bond would be there it's more not so. Personal. Like, yeah, it's 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 business, and I'm sorry, I mix personal and business." And I'll never do it again. Like if, if all that was like an Italian or something. Sure, you know, maybe it would have meant a little bit more. Um, 
But I, I, I thought just through the whole conversation, it was just really interesting to see because, like, I, uh, you know, from the first Godfather, like, I was just fully confident that, that Fredo was, like, a little slow. Like, you know, <laughs> he just, yeah. he was just this, this wimpy, just like, like, really, he was, he just seemed slow. Like, he seemed like he was just not uh, all there or that he was just like this, like, little boy, yeah. basically. Um, and, you know, he, he, he goes to, to Vegas to try make, you know, something happen or i guess he gets sent off to vegas to yes. try and make something yeah. happen mostly um and he still ends up being a little bit of a bitch boy there and it's just like a it's it's his lifelong struggle of just trying to like do something himself and that he just can't he can't matter like he's trying so hard and he just can't possibly matter and the dynamic of like well mike like somebody's got to give it to me so i can do something yeah and you know, it's, like that's it's, such an interesting thing it's like well, no one helped me do something all by myself. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But I, I, I and it's almost like the, uh, uh, like the spoiled or like entitled child a little bit. Yeah, it's like I don't like I, I, I feel like uh, everyone else has like had that perspective. Of, like I need to do this because that's what needs to be done. Like it's not like people are telling you to do things. It's not that people are like, hey, like do this and it'll be good for you. It's I need to do this. You know, we're bringing the whole family with us. Look, Connie can be a dumb slut by herself. Fredo, you figure out how to be a smart guy by yourself. Um, no. But I, I just like this a lot because it, it, it seems like it if if Fredo had, I think, like more time and he didn't fuck this up, that like he could have like had Michael like mentor him a bit and he could have had something. I think Fredo just failed and didn't utilize the relationship he had with Michael and could have had with Michael to to do something on his own. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that realization kind of kicks in in this conversation um, and, and probably, you know, started rolling in his head back in Cuba when they were having the uh, conversation. You know, why why couldn't we have more things like this? You know, I, I think of just different time, different circumstance that um, he could have come to Michael, asked for that mentorship and been worthwhile, been useful to the family in a meaningful way. And yeah, he fucked that up. He fucked it up. Yep. Uh, I got... Um, my next three are quotes. Okay. Um, so just a, what the fuck quote to me? I mean, I know what the guy means, but it's just funny to me where Pentangeli's in the, the barracks with those FBI guys. And you know, the guy's like, I got you a nice suit and I'll shave you myself in the morning. <laughs> it's like, are you listening to you, man? Yeah. That just sounds weird. It's like I don't know if that's supposed to come off as like butlery or like a I, I'll I'll service you I will shave you and clean you and bathe you and give your balls a tug right. all these things, um, but obviously then Frankie doesn't testify so yeah, uh, bringing in the brother works, um, so that's interesting. So I, th- there's not really a <laughs> what would you do scenario there because it's like well okay so say you're in the mob and you're from italy and you had a brother who's from italy he stayed there and he's like really serious he's well respected there mm-hmm. and there's this 2000 year italian thing cosa, cosa nostra and then you you know there's a vow of silence the little merita right and so you uh got caught snitching and then your brother comes over from italy and he's real serious and then he's gonna be very disappointed in you mm-hmm. um what would you do like that's it's a very weird what would you do but I mean, would you testify <laughs> my I, uh, I I think I'm 
built like a coward a little bit. I want to stay alive. Yeah. Um, I, there, there's some ways, you know, it's like, I believe in doing the right thing, but I feel like if I was in his shoes, the staying alive would be the focus. Um, so might, might be a little self-preserving and, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to come for me after that. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of implications there, but I, uh, I might testify. I think I would. I mean, like witness protection, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I'll be all right. Sure. But I mean, Henry Hill wrote a book. Goodfellas guy. Sure. Anyway. Um, I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm smart. Uh, apparently, Fredo didn't get the memo. He's weak and stupid. <laughs> and then my next quote is uh, when Kay and uh, Michael have their big blow up. Yeah. So, you got anything for that? Nope. I'm, nope. I'm right into that. All right. Um, just Kay, di- uh, Kay's best quote, I think, of, you know. Anything she says in any of these three movies is, it was an abortion, Michael. An abortion, just like our marriage was an abortion. Yeah. It's a killer line. I mean, literally, and uh, <laughs> just in its delivery, but... Um, you got that right. But, no, it's just it's very good, and it, it, it's impactful. And, and really, the whole conversation that leads up to this, I think, is just, just hard-hitting. Um, you know, she says it's, it's too late for the promises. Um, you know, she's just very... I don't think there's anything that can be done to fix this. Like I just, in, in this, as she says, in this moment, um, I don't feel any love I feel for you. No love I feel for no you love for you. All. I, I didn't. Never I never thought, thought that would, would happen. Yeah. Wow, I'm bad at quoting. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just too good at it. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad thing. <laughs> but this conversation is is sad too because I, I I feel for for Michael in this way that it's like you know it's he is just so convinced that like like it's it's like her duty almost to just be understanding and accommodating it's like i can't tell you everything you can't be in on this i just need you to support blindly um and i i think that's just the hope because uh mama uh you know kind of did that same thing you know she was just chill as shit she's a good mom and she didn't get in the way she understood you know kind of her role in things and she just wasn't getting in the way and I, I feel like Kay just makes it about her. And she doesn't get to be a person. She gets to be Michael's wife. And that's just the situation. That's why you got to marry a nice Italian girl, Mikey. Yeah. That's, that's that's what did him in. Um, but so do you completely agree with Kay, though? And the like, just because she's so mad at him. For what? I mean, I guess you can go like, well, because this whole you're not legit, like you said you would be. And yeah. Then, but at the same time, like, he's he's providing this amazing life. Yeah. But I just I, I I think that's not always enough, and I can understand that. Sure. You know, perspective of it. I don't think this is just the life she wanted. I think she wanted something simpler. I think she wanted a husband and kids, and they'd come home and spend his time together and all this. And I think just the implications of. You know, my husband is on, you know, a TV He's... broadcast in front of millions of people, um, you know, saying like, oh, you're... I, I didn't commit these crimes. When it's very clear that he's, uh, you know, had a hand in all this. Um, that's that's not the lifestyle she wants. And I mean, I understand that. But it's like also like you, you signed up for this. Like you had all this knowledge going into this. Like it's it's just you've you just don't like it anymore. And like, it's OK but like it's just not that easy and i don't think she has the perspective of it's not that easy to exit this this position this type of lifestyle it's not an option 
Um, so I, I, I think she's dumb for that, but I understand wanting to not deal with it anymore. I just think she needs to get the perspective that she is no longer uh, a person quite so much as just a, uh, you know, unit of support for the children, basically. Which is no life for a person. No, it's um, not. But that's that. That's... I guess what I'm thinking is like, what are these things that she's so mad at him for? You know, like. I can see what Carmel is mad about with Tony Soprano in The Sopranos. Sure. Because Tony's running around just fucking anything that moves, and he comes home late, and he's drunk, and he falls into tables and shit. Uh, well, so uh, did did Michael ever tell Kay about the time he got married in Italy? I, well, okay, here's the thing, though. <laughs> After that, she married him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know that he fully disclosed the whole thing. I, I personally also, would have been a little little irate of... But also... My... Yeah. I don't completely agree with him, but I don't completely disagree with him because think this way. You kill a guy, you're in Italy. Has a bunch of mob Im- implications back in wherever the... America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why America slipped my mind there, I don't know. Um, you're kind of stuck there for the foreseeable future, right? Yeah. Where are you going to get your nut? <laughs> Not so focused on just the nut specifically. Um, I mean, maybe a little, but at the same time, maybe you're just banned from America. You know, maybe you that's just your thing now. Yeah. So maybe you're going, okay, well, Kay was fun. I loved her, but now I'm in Italy. I can love again. And there's this girl. And, I mean, we're effectively broken up, right? I mean, I left and didn't say anything to her for many, 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 many months now. Yeah. So I think that's kind of an unofficial breakup if I've ever heard of one. Despite you know, K still writing letters despite and despite K yeah. writing letters and just being like, well, he's he'll be here eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Poor K. I think uh I I don't think I mean if you're in an Apollonia situation or you just nah, I have a I have a girl. Like if you if the thought of I may or may not be able to go back yeah. to America and my uh, girlfriend, like you're not even married yet. This is your girlfriend, yeah. and you're like, well, my girlfriend, who I couldn't disclose any of this to, may or may not be waiting around, and I may or may not be able to go back. And you're like, well, I kind of am interested in this, and then you get to know this girl, and you're like, hey, this is fun. I like this girl, yeah. and if I have to stay here forever, look at that, I have a wife. Yeah. I mean, so, I I see value in that, but like the the way my brain processes is, I've done a thing that uh, demands retaliation from somebody. Yeah. So it's like e- even being in Italy, like my head is still thinking like there's a retaliation coming, and if I limit the amount of people that I can be gotten to from, I'm safer. So, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, like, oh, I, I, I'll get this new wife. Like, he could have had children. You know, all this retaliation could have taken, uh, you know, come from later on down the line. You know, it's like I could have made my whole family, and I have now all these things that can be taken away from me. 
that then demand another retaliation. Um, but you know, if, if I keep nothing, it's just me, the small circle, like I just stand alone that way. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like I'm less open to that retaliation. So you're saying just like marriage shouldn't have happened. I mean, because that is after all, why all the attention was brought to him yeah. when he was in, was in Italy. So I, so I would have just been low key as shit about banging anybody and I don't, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten married. I wouldn't like, I just, yeah. I don't think having like, nobody should know anything. And I feel like as far as Michael being Michael, who he is, like, isn't that kind of the whole thing? It's like nobody knows what Michael's thinking. Like, he yeah. just acts and does the thing, and, like, he's in control. And then it's like, ah, but he's getting married, and everyone knows about it. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're opening ourselves up to, like, these communication channels. <laughs> we're going to do it right. Where, where somebody's going to hear something. Um, and I just – that seems like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would lonely man that whole whole shebang and just – I mean, I probably would too. Women, yeah. yeah, as convenient. Uh, I would probably also not get married, but I am just thinking, like, was he completely wrong there? Yeah, I don't think so, and I don't think that she would have still been mad about it at that point. Yeah, I don't know if we're t- talking about Apollonia at that point. I mean, she does mention it in the third movie, but. <sighs> I don't know that we could talk this one around in circles, <laughs> so we should probably just move on. It's all good. Um, so I'm at my favorite scene when he kills Don Cheech. So, uh, what are you at? Uh, da, 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 da. nope. Yep, I'm I'm back to Vito. So go for it. So favorite scene is killing Don Cheech. Uh, the revenge he's waited so long for. Just that entire Italy sequence is is pretty good. Um. I do wish the deleted scene is in there where he kills the original two bodyguards from when he was a kid. I think that's yeah. fun. Because, uh, uh, I mean, for one thing, he shoots... Or, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, he beats the guy with a with an oar. Which, which is, is just, just hilarious. The most pathetic murder ever. Yeah. Because he, he rolls up... So, you know, if we can describe it a bit. You know, he, he rolls up on this boat. He's standing up, paddling. Yeah. He's like, are you... And I'm forgetting his We're name. We're just going to say Fred, because I don't remember. Are you Fred? Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm Fred. He's like, did you work for Don... Cheech. Sean Cheech. Don uh, Cheech. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah. And uh, he's like, cool. Whack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, he just crumbles. Yeah. Fred just crumbles and falls down. Well, he's, oh, he's so old. Yeah. You got to think that guy was in the prime. Of, he was a little old yeah. when they were chasing nine-year-old Vito around. Now it's 1927. That was 1901. Yeah. Know? But I uh, I guess I would have liked a little bit of, uh, I'd, I'd 100%, you know, was, was just like, let's just do a drive-by boat shooting. Like, yeah. wouldn't that be kind of lit? Yes. Um, and I, it would have been. It would have been cooler. But so be it. Yeah. Um. So I I would have liked that to be included just because I feel like it completes the scene and you're in montage mode anyway with this yeah um because they just go like oh look we're at dinner give these people gifts hey Don Tomasino oh there's family okay oh hey look we're at the olive place oh oh Michael you want an olive he makes a face or whatever and then he's like oh look I'm at I'm at the place where Don Cheech is and then you know all that happens this. I don't know if it's my favorite scene. It's my favorite whack of the movie. How about that? Just Good whack. Sticking them in. Yeah. Just up visceral. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I, a significant thing about that scene, though, is, like, Michael's still the favorite, like, the, just the golden child. He's walking around holding Michael um, the whole time. 
Sonny's still the Sonny's always a fighter from a young age. He's over there and wants to fight Tom, Don Tomasino. That's fun. Uh, you see the reason why Don Tomasino has trouble walking in the first in the first uh, Godfather. Um, he's in a wheelchair when they're waving goodbye on the train. And uh, what was the other thing I wanted to say? It's I was going to expand on one of those things. Oh, I feel like the marriage sequence should have maybe been. The Italy sequence for Michael in the first movie maybe should have been a little more like this. Yeah. Uh, as you said in that first podcast that we t- talked about it. Um, fuck. I don't know. I'm, I'm forgetting something, but go on. Maybe I'll remember it. All good. Uh, oh, um, I always wondered if like the, uh, just in that scene where we're killing Don Cheech, um, if, uh, the thought crosses mind of kind of, uh, letting things go a little bit. Um, no, I know, I know. So I, but I, I was just kind of thinking about it cause I'm, I went back to the conversation that Michael and Roth had, um, you know, it's like, er, was that at that point? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was between uh, Michael and Roth, and he's like, you know, when I heard that, uh, uh, I guess it was Frank had been killed or whatever, he's like, I didn't, I let it go. Oh, Mo Green from the- Or Mo Green, that's right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it was like, Mo Green's like, when I heard Mo Green, I let it go. I knew he was this type of person. Yeah, Frank, Hyman Roth. Yeah. Jewish. You know. The Godfather family is yeah. The Corleone family is Italian. I know, I know. And the whole thing is a Sicilian never forgets. I'm just wondering if and that thought the, ever came across his mind, but um, of just the can can I let it the, go? But it's literally the reason they can't let it go. The, yeah. the whole thing is like Sicilian never forgets, which I think is like kind of like a cliche line. They, that's how they end Godfather Three. Okay, it was like. I think it might have been the way they ended Coda. I don't know if they ended Godfather Part 3 with. I'm going to watch them both again before we do the next one. But I think it's the end of Coda when he says, because a Sicilian never forgets. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> it just didn't land for me. No, that's right. Uh, but, yeah, that's the whole thing. So go. Yep, that's all good. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the thought I have wrapping up there. And then I go to uh, R.I.P. Mama. R.I.P. Mama. A.K.A. Carmella, apparently. She doesn't get a name. That's fine. Um, yeah, all that stuff goes on. I kind of find it funny that, um, you know, Michael's sitting in the boathouse waiting for Fredo to leave. Just in this dark, dimly lit and those kids. Yeah, the funny part, the funniest part of that scene to me is the kids just sitting there with him. Like, and not in the chair closest to him, like one chair removed right you know like basically across the room and they're just in the dark and they're just bored like no tv no yeah. crayons we're just in shared despair you know, yeah just oh. like i'm like i don't know if you've met kids before but they typically want to yell or play with they something want an activity. or whatever the now, fuck granted, i mean some some children i think have that capacity for you know morning yeah yeah um but I mean, so like uh, at this point, Anthony's like mm, seven or eight, maybe. I'm not good with judging age, but he's probably nine-ish, I think. Nine-ish, okay. Um, so you know he 1947. He might have a little understanding of it, but you know his. his he I might know. be eleven. Oh shit! Anyway. But either way, it's like, you know, maybe they have some understanding, you know, so they are He's kind of 10. mourning 10. in some way. 
Because I think Michael's back in 47 from Italy, and then they get together, and then this movie takes place in 58. And so if you think Baby and baby conceived in 57, probably born in 58. 48. Yeah, 48. 58, and then uh, he's probably 10. Okay. Um, but yeah, I you know, may, maybe they're sad, and this is kind of like a family thing. You know, we, we, we come into the silence, but maybe there was a conversation there. You know, we, we only see what we see. Um, but yeah, it just feels extremely uncomfortable to just... All right, we're going to sit in the dark while your grandmother is dead in the room over there. But your my your uncle's over there, so we can't go right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just awkward. Um, but going into this too, I mean, I I have to imagine you know, cuz Fredo bothers to show up cuz he's a good son. I mean, you show up to your mom's yeah. funeral. It's yeah. what you do. But um he had to have been pretty confident that like I'm going to die now, aren't I? Like, this is it. Like, like he, he had to have had it because he exchanged glances with um, the other guy who I'm forgetting. Neary. Neary, yeah. Al Neary. Um, they had, like, an awkward exchange of glances. Yeah, Al's just kind of like. <laughs> yeah, and you know what I mean? So, like, I see that. I'm just like, he had to have known. You know what I mean? So, it's like. it. it That's it's... why he's just, like, bawling and Connie's, you know, like, in, you know, just, Connie's just get, hugging yeah. him. Yeah. He's just like. Aah. Yeah. Um, but I, I I love that just because it was just like the like we know we have that understanding we know what's gonna happen and uh, Fredo again just not using any opportunity in his life to be a man and uh, and you know just grow he's just gonna be a the sniveling child and then come die. on sis you think you can go talk to Mike yeah. he doesn't say that by the way he might just, as well have he though, might as well you know have, yeah. and then yeah so Connie goes in there and she's like. I was mad at you, which, like, there's a couple questions that uh, kind of stem from all of this. Is like, which I had. Okay. So, just from this whole funeral process, and then eventually, obviously, Freddie gets whacked at the end. But so, Connie's like, you know, I was mad at you. I wanted to show you I could hurt you. By taking your money and fucking a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. As a she tradition. Say all that, but you know. Um, if you, let's say you're a woman. Okay. Or, you know what? Let's just say you're a dude. Just say you're a person. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And uh, let's say your spouse is involved in the illegal shit, right? And your spouse betrayed the boss, you know, and so then he gets killed for it. You're upset, but are you, you get it, or you're just like, no, what the fuck? I'm gonna be mad at you forever. Um. So again, I uh, I worry about retaliation. So this is obviously rational-minded people not having your spouse have just died. Yeah. I so, mean, in that moment, I'm you know yeah. the 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 god of thunder. If I could, you know, strike down and yeah. uh, you know, destroy them and and everyone they know and love, um, I'd probably be interested in that. But at whatever point I can get the rational part of the brain to maybe start kicking in, I mean, you you kind of have that understanding that this is the risk, like this is the game. Yeah. Um, and your 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 spouse has lost the game, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But you don't necessarily have to. Right. And that goes to me being a coward, probably, in some of the self preservation. But I also think that way. So yeah, I think I would have let it go. But I and I also think especially if you're raising it like we could sit here and go like oh we know mob stuff we watch mob movies like i'm just saying especially if you're raised in it and you know these are the things that happen with 
your dad grew up doing you know what i mean yeah. you grew up your dad's doing this shit all the time people come around then all of a sudden people don't come around because guess what your dad had them killed because guess what they weren't doing good shit yeah your husband was a piece of shit you know if you grew up with all that i think you can probably wrap your head around and i think that's what she's finally done mm-hmm. you she know coming full circle is yeah. like okay carlo deserved to die actually he you know beat the shit out of me a lot of times so he probably deserved to die for not only what he did betraying sonny yeah but you know (laughs) betraying me to a certain extent um so i would say yeah you probably the question overall is like would you forgive michael if you were connie i'm going i'm saying yes um do you have anything else on funeral before because then i have like fredo tom questions but uh, I guess just the uh, like when Michael does finally come in and he gives Fredo the the the, the big dramatic hug, yeah, um, and it's just the, the the goodbye, you know, the goodbye, but not because he does let him kind of stay around a little while, right? Yeah, you know, but I'm fishing I, with Anthony and, and and maybe that was to give himself time, maybe on deciding if this is what the move is. But I mean, I I felt like it was very goodbye esque, you know. He, he does that another exchange of glance, Michael. Um, and out here you do the, you know, the, the, the look and, you know, there's, I feel like that understanding still there where it's like, I don't know, you know, let's, let's give it a minute. But I, I in the presentation, I, I just feel like the, the desperate grip, you know, we see like the hand, you know, wrapping around Michael and like just the, this desperate grip. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I feel like it's that holding, trying his hardest to hold on to, uh, you know, both that moment. Cause he's like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm toast. Um, but also just to, to Michael as well. Yeah. So it, it felt very <clears throat> goodbye to me. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, would you stay if you were Tom? Because Tom gets that job offer, and then Michael's like, all, like giving him shit for even getting the job offer. Mm-hmm. Like Michael's for whatever reason, is just like real shitty with Tom by the end of this movie, for whatever reason. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's harboring resentment for him because he thought he should have maybe uh somehow stopped k from getting the abortion or something you know maybe he's just mad overall because things are on the rocks with k and you know he's got the children and yeah you know but things if, are just bad and he already needs to kill his brother and he's like he's like things are just <laughs> a lot right now but like if if that was the case though like i feel like we should have seen that expressed like in scenes towards tom or something you know what i mean like I understand, like, when you know, Michael's not there, like, he has his faith in Tom. And and, and maybe he is feeling like Tom let him down um, because of this. But um, I, I just don't think it's fair. And it, it, it would be another uh, instance of Michael, I guess, like, taking that emotional response rather than, like, the logical response that I feel like he's he's had throughout most of this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I feel for Tom because I just... Uh, it's like he's fine. He's trying. He's doing good work. Yeah. And and like I just feel like uh Michael's just refusing to have that perception of him and that he's just like kind of looking for reasons to be upset with him at times. He's just kind of the punching bag cuz I think he's like I think he's kind of got a buddy buddy system going with Neri. Where he, like I think he likes Neri more maybe. Maybe Tom reminds him of home a little bit, like reminds him of Sonny cuz like Sonny's the one that brought Tom home anyway. Sure. Right. So I don't know. I I don't know. There's a lot that you could go into there. Yeah. You know, we could talk about that all day if we wanted to. <laughs> um, uh, 
fuck, I guess I kind of jumped ahead there because I had the question about Connie and then... Uh, so Michael's eating an orange talking about killing Hyman Roth. That's when that whole Tom shit happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a significant orange. <laughs> we could just call this episode... We don't even have to call this episode Godfather Part 2. We can call it Significant Oranges. <laughs> that's going to um, be something. Dude, it could be... Um, you could just start a podcast about like Godfather and all things mob and just call it significant oranges. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so Hagen figures out what he needs to do. Gets his orders from Mark Michael, right? Goes, talks to Frank Pentangeli. They have their whole conversation and it's like, it's so lighthearted, but it's super fucking dark at the same time. Cause basically Hagen's like, so you're gonna kill yourself, right? Like this is all this is all underneath what they're saying. Yeah. But the under like, like if you had subtitles, the knowledge is there. Yeah. Like an airplane when they're talking jive and they put like subtitles up that like don't make any sense to what they were saying and they're like, So you're gonna kill yourself in the bathtub tonight, right? And we'll take like, care oh, of yeah, your but- and we'll take care of your family. And he's like, Yeah, I'll kill myself in the bathtub as long as you take care of my family. All right, great. Let me throw my cigar on this army barracks ground. Hey, stop littering! <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's essentially what that conversation is. And it's just crazy to me Yeah, that it's so, but, it seems so lighthearted. And even when he's leaving, he's like, nah, see you, Tom. Yeah. But I know you won't. What I, what I value in that though, is that like, that's, that's the game. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like he, they both just have that understanding. Like, like this, this is just what happens now. And there's not the, the feebleness involved. There's not the no, please. It's just yes. the. All right, so this this is what we're gonna do. Are you are you going to kill yourself? Yep. You're gonna take care of my family. Yep. Okay. See ya. <laughs> yeah. It's like you won't. You really won't. Um, See you on this other side, maybe. Yeah. Um, I just love how nervous Connie is when she's like, "Kay, please just go." Anthony, would you kiss your mother so she can go? Yeah, just this just uncomfortable ass. She's so. It's it's almost like she's like she's like okay it's gonna be awkward for like a minute if you don't just go it'll be like really weird yeah so can you do <laughs> I just love how freaked out she is when really all it turns out being is Michael just shutting the door yeah and then he kind of turns around he doesn't say anything he just kind of turns around like well, that was weird <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so much as a conflict as it was just a. Is everyone uncomfortable now? Very good. <laughs> just really sit in the awkward, you know. Yeah. Um. Okay, so did he have to kill Fredo? Yes. Yeah, you're saying yes. I think so. I mean, what what else are you gonna do? This is someone who has betrayed you. Who has let you down on you know some multiple times? Who's incapable of making that like mature growth that is required to learn from mistakes? I don't think that uh, Fredo's put himself in a position to be dependable um, and to be deserving of change at this point. Um, so I, I I I fully understand and respect that we we gotta let Fredo go. <laughs> we have to fire him. Wow, that was the worst firing ever. <laughs> Fredo, you're literally fired. <laughs> oh, um, so good. No, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. Well, not 100%. 98. 
because so Michael's so cold and but I, some of it goes away as life goes on right um like in Godfather 3 he's you know he's talking cause there's, it's so bad <laughs> um but he's talking to like the cardinal or the pope or I don't know which one but He's talking to one of them, and he's like, I killed my own brother. He's, like, having a confession. He's like, I have a confession here. I killed my own brother. It's like, this whole fucking thing. And so he's, like, he's got this guilt about it, right? And so I guess the – is it going to eat at you if you had your brother killed and you're just, like, you're just going through life? And, you know, obviously all these people that he's had killed probably is eating away at him as he – moves on yeah um but this one definitely matters more it definitely matters more um so i i don't know because i get what you're saying is you know he's he he doesn't improve like and then you basically have to babysit this guy if he's gonna stick around yeah right so it's like i guess you can kind of have him babysat if he stays on the grounds but then what about that one day where he's like i want to go Move here and fuck cocktail waitresses two at a time. <laughs> cocktail waitresses two at a time. When I go back to Vegas, what happens when someone approaches him and he's too stupid? And you know, as you're not going to convince Michael at this point that you smart. Yeah. And I guess you have to, or else you got to have just a guy. You, and that's like that. I mean, you got to have a guy on payroll to just like make sure Fredo's not talking to johnny well, olock type characters yeah it's just that he he becomes a, like only a liability he's not providing any kind of value um and that trust is gone he's only a liability at that point and because of that if fredo comes to that realization that he's only the liability why would he not betray michael to try and put himself in some little bubble of safety like there there's there's just not a scenario where uh, Michael can let him take that chance or where Michael can take that chance and let yeah. Freda live. No. Yeah. That's completely right. From a mathematical standpoint, you're just, Nope. And that's, can't, and that's just Michael, man. He did the math. He knew he did the math. It's very cold. I mean, you know, because that's the, that's the real life thing is like, if, if your brother was just a liability, like you're not going to kill him. Yeah. But you know, if you're Michael and you're just making the cold decision, you know, there it is. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Um, so I really like the flashback scene that he has. Um, so I'm not remembering where I got this information as I say this. Sure. So just so you know. Mm-hmm. So is <laughs> this uh, think, uh, like this could be a lie, or is this? Uh... I want to say. I don't remember if I looked this up or I watched it in a special. I want to. I'm hoping it was a special feature so I know that it's <laughs> credible, but I can't remember. It might have been a podcast. I don't know. Somewhere, Tyler heard this. Somewhere I heard this. Apparently, Brando was supposed to show up that day because that wasn't a deleted scene. Like, Brando was apparently supposed to show up that day for that scene, and he did not. Um, I think it worked for the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much longer would it have been with Brando? What would Brando have really added to the scene? I mean, is Brando just going to do a wise shaming of yeah. 
Michael. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think there's really, I think the anticipation of like, well, what would the Don, what will the Don do when he sees him and finds out this information? And I, I think it's fine. I think it, it's great the way it is. Um, we already know he doesn't approve. Um, but I love the way the movie ends with the flashback and then Michael kind of sitting there, you know, smoking the cigarette on the property, right? He's just kind of like, because you know what he's pondering. He's pondering all these decisions, you know, um, even back to this earliest decision, you know, it's kind of where we fade in on him sitting there having a cigarette is, you know, this decision way back when to, you know, join the military or Marines, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is his life different, you know, this way or that way? Yeah, you start if, running through those know, what ifs and what yeah. could I have done differently? And so you go back to the first one, and then it's like, well, then would I have come to the decision to kill my brother? Okay, okay, and then would I have come to the decision to kill? Yeah. So uh, his brother's dead. He's divorced. Most people he started with are gone. Like I mean, Rocco dies murdering Roth. You know, so probably definitely the thoughts of similar times right there you know with you know family i mean there's I'm, there's a fruit bowl behind tom hagan there i think there's an orange in it you know i mean you no. gotta think tessio sunny uh carlo and uh one other dead person in that room tessio sunny carlo or maybe not maybe not four dead god why am i blank on the scene anyway um a lot of death in that room that's all um but thoughts of simpler times of family most of the people in that scene are dead now yeah, he's just so very alone now in this and uh it's kind of sad yeah so we finally come to the second to last uh criteria here if this movie had a baseball card it would say uh 19 deaths uh 12 cigarettes smoked by michael uh seven oranges with significance uh three failed assassination attempts and the asterisks on some of those stats are uh does vito's dad count on the deaths i generally like on-screen deaths not implied deaths okay so 18 if you do that uh does ticho does cheech's Don Cheech's second bodyguard bodyguard count because I don't know that we show him dying because I mean Tomasino shoots at him but he hit Tomasino I mean I imagine the only reason he would stop shooting yeah is because he was shot so we count him I'd say so okay so if you take off the dad we wouldn't want him to survive so <laughs> if you take off the dad then we're talking about 18 deaths sure um a lot of fruit on the oh yeah we talked about this the orange yep symbolic of the cuban government and um does michael's cigarette in the flashback count because if not then it's 11 (laughs) that's that's picky but uh it counts it's on screen all right um and then what do you i think grading's good i'm sure you know people would I don't know. I think people like ratings. I don't know. Who knows? No one listens to this. (laughs) If you made it this far, let us know. Yeah. Consecrates hotline at yahoo.com. I'm just saying it's a solid nine once again. Um, It's too 
phenomenal stories weaved together. I mean, it's old. There's a couple goofy things. Whatever. It's a fantastic movie. Um, not a lot of holes or gripes and continuity issues. Um, but if I got to choose between the two, it's the first one for me. Yeah. What would you say? Um, I'm I'm kind of with you there. Um, I, I I like the mob stuff just slightly less than you, so I'd say this it's uh, probably like an eight seven eight five for me somewhere in that range. Um, I think I like this one better than the first one at this point. Um, kind of going back through them more recently. Um, I just think I uh maybe it's even just because I took better notes throughout this one, but I think I also liked it more, so I took more notes, and that was kind of my my justification there. But um, I I love just the heavy. Going back to Vito's side, going back to Michael's side, um, I like that we had just those two components that we floated in and out of. I like drawing like the parallels between the two of them, um, and I just think it was a a really good way to tell the story. Um, and I, I think I just enjoyed it more than the first one. But there were a lot of parts out of the first one that, uh, I, you know, I thought uh, were better. And maybe that's just because I wish that uh, old Vito was still around. But what can you do? Old Vito is uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, um, you can hit us on the Instagram, uh, the Twitter. It's all content crisis at content crisis one on Twitter. I don't know what our ad is on Instagram. Really? It's either content crisis or content crisis one. So probably. Yeah. Something like that. Do we do ads on this? I guess you do, right? I'll have to look at that. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to check that out. We're definitely Um, on there. Not sure how, but type in content crisis. Who types in at, who types in the tags anyway? Right. Um, Twitter, uh, YouTube, subscribe, Concert Crisis, Concert Crisis on, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And uh, that is it. Goodbye.